Maria supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Yeah, there goes. The blubbity bar. Sending out good vibes. So you want to make sure you take care of your mouth. Digestion starts in your mouth, people. Wow. It starts there. <laughs> okay, guys. Welcome back to the Grand America Show. Uh, we are going to be chatting with friend of the show, John Bryson, a little bit later. Bryson? John Brisson, sorry, John, a little bit later. Um, we're always talking to the chats. We heard him on THC. He's making his rounds, and he's a little bit of a, he's a gut guy, but also able to pull off some other health advice that turns out to be quite sound as well. And we have a friend, uh, friend of the show, Jared's here from over the pond, so that's going to be fun too. But first, in his brand new Grand America shirt, we got uh, the one and only Graham, the naked Tanner Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> hey, I'm doing good. Is that lots of vitamin D in the balls today? I'm not testing <laughs> on the blue balls. They're not blue. They're brown. They're D. <laughs> You're approaching my tone. That never gets to your tone, buddy. No, that'd no. be a lot of tanning. Yeah. It might burn. Is that standard pro D tan? I'd go tan. Yeah, you, you tan? You guys are pretty white, though. Well, I, I haven't been in a while, yeah. But <laughs> I'm you, not very white. I just came from the sunshine You're two weeks ago. You're pretty white for yeah. being an Aussie, too, right? Yeah, I, I wasn't really working on it, mate. I'm nocturnal back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jared's been Jared's been a friend of the, we were trying to figure out how he found us years ago and we kind of kept in touch all along he's been traveling around the world like like Ozzy seemed to do that's it we just kind of roam as far as we can as long as we can really but I think it would have been like I heard about no agenda through you guys and then you guys through I have no idea wow just weird. miraculously yeah. found you guys there. years must have been years ago Many, many years ago. Because you were still in Toronto. How yeah. long were you back in Australia for? For 10 months, but I was in Central and South America for almost a year as well. Yeah, that's right. So and then been... when was London? Before all that? Yeah, before uh, all that, yeah. So you've literally been around Europe, around Central South America. Like, yeah. why do Aussies travel that much? Because I, when I used to travel Australia around, sucks. you'd meet Aussies everywhere. And it's like, I felt like they're on this huge island and they, they just want to get off. And then they, because it's so far away from everything it's gotta be they get off so and they away. go yeah. for a while like you go for a year or, yeah it's a walkabout walkabout yeah literally a walkabout don't know what it is we just <laughs> like to get away and see what else is out there you've been confined to a country that big with no one else around you want to go see who else is out there you know do you wander off like do you what about just wandering off into the outback i just wander <laughs> off in the city here. isn't that like <laughs> traditional fucking walkabout that, that's the, the traditional walkabout yeah, that's what the aboriginals you were going to say hippies <laughs> hippies no <laughs> I was going to say Aboriginals. I don't think I could say Indian no. in Australia. No. We, we're not close enough that I can get away with it. Can no. I call you an Abo then? Yeah. Aboriginal? No. I would advise against it. Um, yeah. So he <laughs> said that on the show, and I told him that that's a slur. Was I right? Yeah, I would say so. Really? Yeah. Eh? yeah. Wow. How, what I would the equivalence be? That's 
two strikes. <laughs> what would the equivalent slur be in Canada for you? Like, for, or for your type? Squaw? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I don't know what Abo is. I don't know what I'm relating to. Just, I thought like just people an, call, just a native Aboriginal. I thought in, oh, Aboriginal. So the proper thing is native Aboriginal, yeah, and just, just calling it Abo is as short. It's as, short, as, but it's as, a little bit derogatory really? as well. Hey, yeah. Wow, that's weird. I totally didn't mean it that way. Strike two. <laughs> so have you ever done any ceremonies or anything with them? Like was no. that something like? Because here we do like there's people that do like traditional sweat lodges yeah. and that kind of they stuff. They definitely and, have them, but I just didn't have, never had the opportunity yeah. to get out that far. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of places where I'd like to go and learn as much as I can from them, you know? Yeah. But just, you just get consumed by the, like, work life and things like that, and you just never get out, you know? Have you traveled around Aussie everywhere? Like No, no? just down the East Coast. Really, eh? Yeah. Wow. Massive country, but touched, like, only yeah. a third of it. What the know? West Coast is like? Apparently gorgeous. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, a lot of deserts, a lot of beaches. Oh, yeah, deserts sound fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> fucking snakes, sharks, yeah. fucking plus, drinking piss. Plus I watch enough Bear Grylls, no, I don't want to go near a fucking desert. Or Australia at all, I don't think. Really? Oh, I'd love I'd to go, go to the cities for sure. Yeah, you get ain't alive. I wouldn't go in the water. No chance. But you guys do have the most dangerous animals, I, I think. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I ain't fucking down with fucking getting eaten by fish. Have you been to New Zealand then? Traveled around there? Yeah, at all? New Zealand's great. Yeah. yeah a lot of mountains. I'd, Everything I'd like looks... to head there, I think, and check that Dude, shit out. For it's sure. like kind of like here, but everything looks like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Everything. Wow. <laughs> what about yeah, Argentina? Cool. Did you get there yet? Yeah, that was that was similar to New Zealand as well, down in Patagonia. I heard it's like pretty similar to here too for like for lifestyle yeah. and like terrain. Yeah, they're chilled out down there. Fuck, I, I think I could handle Argentina. Is that where Hitler went? Mm. Yeah. Whoa. Did, you, did you see any oh, well, that's ex, where we did you all see go. Any Nazi compounds or anything like that? Or nah, nothing like that. You didn't that. go searching for the Nazi I, I was looking or... for a hiding spot for myself, thanks very much. <laughs> Just trying to find the nearest cave. You never know. Hide out in Argentina. Hey, on, honestly, little, that's my gotta... bug out spot, man. If I if all shit goes down, that's where I go. Argentina? Yeah. Really? Do they have decent Beautiful. internet? Uh, we podcast from Argentina? You could do it if you got a big satellite dish, I guess. Podcast. What's your daily, what's the daily living like? Is it uh, is it cheap to live there? Yeah, daily? it's pretty reasonable. So you kind of travel around. You work in some of the more western countries, and then you take off for a few months and go down to yeah, that's more it. cheaper countries. Just kind of whenever or? I just whenever I not decide, I guess whenever I run out of money, just stop and start work, and then save it back just, up again. Just start over just again. To keep get moving. yourself settled down for a bit. Yeah, and man. Did you do that London then too? Because I remember yeah. meeting a bunch of people when I traveled around London, going to the pubs. That's, people like yourself that would be working and, and staying for cheap, like a, live, living above the pub probably. Yeah, and, I did that in one of the places in, in England. Yeah. And it was pretty uh, pretty brutal. You don't get treated very well. Really? I don't like By to be uh, against any of the English. Um, yeah, we got a whole big okay. posse. I know, but yeah. the I found UK, those, UK they might have been a little bit on the racist side when it comes to us Aussies working there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I found that interesting. Is that, is that racist or is that just discrimination? I don't know. White I have on no white. idea. This white on white. We were in the guy. countryside, though. You guys and your white on white. They came guy. in. A couple, couple of boys came in one night and they said, I can't believe these Aussies are taking our jobs. Like, yeah, legit. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> this is. Do you want to do the job? Cool. No worries. Yeah. No? Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> huh. I just never thought I would experience anything like that colonial before in my life. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So what? So what was your favorite oh, part of yeah, well, Britain? Is probably yeah. I never thought of that. They used to have the empire. I'd love to go back there and travel around because we used yeah. to like 
One, I went on one trip. I probably said this on the show a couple times, but I was probably. with my mom, my dad, and my sister, and I was just driving around. And we would just drive like we didn't actually have plans for a week, so we would just look on the map and we'd see like pictures of castles on the map. You know, they show. Yeah. And then we just go kind of castle hunting. So we'd just be driving through the through the land, and we'd come across either like a complete ruin of a castle or some massive picturesque castle that you'd they'd see in like the best yeah, movies. We it just don't have that over so here. Just beautiful. Not, not in Canada yeah. or Australia. We were so new. They've been around like, they've got castles that are 1,200, yeah. 1,300. Like, all those oh, cathedrals yeah. from the Dark Ages yeah, as well. Yeah, you, know? yeah. you could probably see them all in an afternoon because it's so small. You definitely it give it a, a go. It takes a long time yeah. to drive around that place because the roads are going all over the place. There's not, you know, there's a couple of freeways that go down the That's a the big middle, afternoon, but, but it's it's a, that's a real big afternoon. Two afternoons? Maybe three. three? It's, cra- <laughs> it's crazy driving too. Like you'd, but that, could I include Scotland in that lighthouse in the three days? No. Four days? You're going to need a lot more. So did you travel around then? <laughs> Two you, weeks. Weren't you in Birmingham yeah, too? And... So I lived in, in London for, I guess, 10 months and then saved my money, went to Egypt and um, traveled around Eastern Europe once I got back from there. Yeah. So I've been to Egypt and Greece a bunch of times yeah, and then yeah. all through Eastern Europe. Yeah. Got my money stolen in Turkey, I guess. Oh, really? And then had to get in a Istanbul? bus. Istanbul? Yeah. Yeah. My credit card got hacked. Oh, my God. And I had no money. Fuckers. I just like, had to get back to, I had to get like a 20 five hour bus back to London. A long way. Oh yeah. Yeah. We drove from <laughs> like Istanbul. Cash, we know? drove from Istanbul up to Amsterdam yeah. with the with the station wagon that we bought Damn, originally. That would have like, been a good like, trip. And the thing cropped out right in Amsterdam. Like it we barely it was like we just chugged chugged through the last stretch. Like it barely made it. We ended up just right in Amsterdam. We we're gonna just let it go into the canal. <laughs> just just, just got there. Just the made canal. It. Um but uh what was Egypt like for you then? Did you, did was, you, you went there a couple of times? Did you go yeah, down the just Nile? Just the one. The, I spent, the... a, spent a month there. Oh, yeah. So did yeah. I. So that Fluk- was... Um, did you go down to Fluka Boats and Aswan? And... Yeah. We we just did one of the tours. I had three friends. We, we were all kind of a bit nervous. That was the like um, Egyptian uprising, all that was going on. Oh, wow. So that had just happened. So there was like five buses at the pyramids when we were there. And there was like our guide was saying there was like 50, 60 buses or something like that at any one time. So we were lucky. We had most of it to ourselves. Just wander around and just get mugged by all the guys trying to sell shit and nice. Oh, yeah. Back <laughs> trying sheesh, to get back us on cam- yeah, back trying to get us on the camels and stuff. Yeah. But did you, did you get on a camel? Did you drink some camel milk? No way. Did you no. go to the desert no. at all? Did you go to the desert? No. I was in the desert. Oh really? Yeah. The Sahara is dope, man. When you see the stars from the Sahara, oh, yeah, you're just like tripping out. Crazy, like, what yeah, is going just, on? Yeah, Milky Way is just right in your face. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a different experience altogether, eh? Yeah. What about uh, the pyramids? You climb that? No, I didn't climb them. No, you no. didn't want to get shot. No. no, man, not willing to. No, do you no. think they'd shoot you? They might. I'd be an easy target. I'm pretty big. Yeah, it's all fucking boom. <laughs> Straight in the leg. Fucking thing. You'd be climbing up here. You're like they're not really in Egypt. They let you do. But, well, I shouldn't say that. But yeah, you can do whatever you want. That was back in the '70s, Dunlap. <laughs> So how is it traveling around nowadays through, throughout with all this fucking global stuff going on? Do you, do you pay attention to all that crap? And do you, uh, I definitely pay attention. Try and, yeah, just drown it, it out. Yeah. Does it, do you try not to let it get to you or how does that, it's got to affect your decisions sometimes, right? It, oh yeah, it definitely does. Um, there's a few places where I've found that might've been a bit more dicey than others that I just wouldn't, I'd prefer not to go to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just. Like when you were in Europe, 
Did you see the migrant uh, No, so I was there and... just before all that started okay. and yeah. that before they all went in or flooded in, I guess. That was yeah. just before the whole Syria thing happened and, <clears throat> right. and people were getting out of Africa and the Middle East. But So I saw it then and like it just happened after I left. So now going back, it'll be interesting to see what it is like now. Yeah, yeah. We see yeah. what the difference is and if people will be more on edge and things like that. Yeah. Um, so there's lots to see in Europe, all the countries. Did you go, to, did you hit most of them, like France, Portugal, Spain, and Germany? Yeah, and all I, I didn't get down, to as sort of far into Spain as I'd like, um, or up into Berlin and into Poland and those areas, but that's on the next trip. Yeah. So uh, we've got, I did all the Eastern Bloc and a lot of Western Europe, just a bit of Spain and Portugal I yeah. didn't get to. That's uh, that's what I didn't, I didn't get to, so yeah. Spain and Portugal. But they're all on the next, all, they're still on the list, you yeah. know, got to get yeah. to them oh, all, yeah. eventually. Yeah, yeah, that's for right. sure. Huh. So what's yeah. your plan after after this? You're coming. You're you're here for a few days. You're going to Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Then and fly then, to Amsterdam. Yeah, okay. spend a week in Amsterdam. Oh, that's and, what I'm like, the, like. Had the last week in Amsterdam too. Oh man, I've had several. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, so I spent a week around there, off to Berlin. So I'll get to see it finally. Um. Then the plan is just to get to Russia by June for that soccer World Cup. So April, May, so you got, a, got a couple a, of weeks. A, a, so you got a month and a half, maybe two months to work your way from yeah. here through Germany and go to Russia. Nice. And that's it. I can do it nice and slow. Yeah. My old man's, my dad's living in Poland right now. He picked up his Polish wife. He's quite happy. Oh. And so when we're going over there, I'll meet up with him, hopefully there or yeah. in Russia. And yeah. go collude with the Russians. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I'm already a bit skeptical of what the Australian government will say when I come out of there alive. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. don't know, man. It's just like, hey, man, I was in Russia, bro, fucking watching some soccer. That's it. Yeah. That's all I'm going to do. I waved at Putin. Putin. <laughs> Putin. 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 Trying to jump into the jingle here. No, you know no, what? no I wasn't no, sure. No. I don't think it's working. No, I don't think you should play that jingle. What jingle? The new one. What new one? Never mind. Oh, I, you heard that? How'd you hear that? Never mind. How'd you hear that? Did you put one of those fucking apps on my phone? <laughs> He's definitely with the Russians. <laughs> one of those spying apps on my phone? Yeah, Putin gave me an app. I had fucking completely forgot about that until you fucking just mentioned So is it an Android or an Apple? What's, what's Putin got? What's he on? Oh, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I think Android. What's he using? Blackberry. Blackberry. Who <laughs> win? So that's do you want me to get well, into some listener stuff then, Darren, or what? Well, that's how we got all or the do you want, Is there anything else you want to talk about before we start cutting you off and moving on? Or? Yeah, man, go for it. Yeah? Did you, is there anything, topics you want us to talk about on the show or so anything like? Literally anything. <clears throat> really? I'm cool to go down any rabbit holes. Yeah. Right on. How deep Any guests that you want to ha- us to have on of, in, of, in your wish list at all? There's tons. Yeah? Too many. You keep in, write, write us. Write us a note and, and let us know. For sure. Some of our best best shows, our favorites have been just guests, guests, you know, suggestions, right? That's it. I finally got it working. Okay. Get out a pen and paper and write this down. Yeah. Or a pencil. Why don't you send some physical mail to the Grimerica Show at P.O. Box 16033. Next line. Uh huh. 100-815, comma, 17th Avenue, SW. Next line. Uh huh. Calgary, Alberta. Next line. Uh huh. 
Canada. Next line. T2T space 5H7. That's the P.O. box. Why don't you send Darren some dirty socks? Cause he's got a dirty sock fetish. Why don't you send Graham some gold bowling? Cause he's got a gold bowling fetish. Send him some gold. Send him some gold. Send him some gold in the P.O. box. A P.O. box. P.O. box. A get physical. A get physical. A get physical. Everybody loves to get physical and get physical mail in the mailbox. Here we got. Oh, I should have checked. Uh, doesn't say. Doesn't say the name on the note, so I'll just leave it at uh, Kevin. Kevin D. Big thanks to Kevin D. We got a note here says, Darren and Graham, I love your show and I'm a supporter. 8.5. I thought I could add more than just monetary value for value by sending you some stuff I created. I hope you enjoy it. Keep up the great work. Cool. We've got a couple of books. Ooh. Essays. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. That's good. Maybe so we'll read them on the show one day or something. Oh, that's a good idea. I've been wanting to do like audio blogs or something or essays. We should probably talk about blogs because we've had a couple sent so in. There's, yeah, there's these Crest Volume 2 and Crest Volume 3. Nice. Cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for the... It looks like it's thanks a Thanks little... for the gifts. This one's a collection of cool art. Oh yeah, I'm gonna put that right. I need, I got a blank space on my wall nice. where the posters aren't there anymore. And I oh yeah, this is some fantastic artwork. I need to eat some mushrooms and fucking go through this book. It'd be fabulous. And then this is all uh, essays, so I'll have to read this. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks a bunch, Kev. I like it. Right on. So what do you want to, so that's the PO box on uh, www.gramerica.ca slash contact. That's right. And there is still the, no one ever uses the fucking Grimerica dot or speakpipe.com slash Grimerica anymore. Well, we don't do anything. We don't talk about it at all. So let's talk about the chat. Such a, see, such a, a we have apologist. Uh, wall apologist. Dot ca slash uh, chats as well as uh, our Discord. Oh yeah, chats is just a perpetual chat that's always going. I keep we keep forgetting to mention it. Lots of cool uh, people chatting about all different kind of stuff in there, and um, there's a bunch of different channels. Pretty easy to get signed up. I've got something here I'd like to play for Jared, our new guest. All right, go for it. First time in the studio. I think you'll really enjoy this, Jared. I really hope so. Bad, eh? I like it a lot. They're getting better. Intense dream, astral state. I was with a bunch of D&D guys fucking adventure. <laughs> okay, that's enough for now. <laughs> I was with a bunch of D&D guys fucking adventuring, bro. <laughs> I will play the whole thing at the end of the show. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yeah, I heard shout that out to Phil. Excellent. How'd you hear it? So, was it Grimstead? Because they were playing it for each other, and I jumped into the Zoom channel, oh. and they were there, and I heard she, right away I knew what was going on. Yeah, instantly. Embarrassing from my fucking dream. I'm just never going to share dreams or you, any of my personal experiences yes anymore. You, are. you say that now, but then you get in the moment and you tell me you're <laughs> <crap> calf. 
I think he is that the one that gets into the crowd cow. One day it'll be a rap. The gram rap will happen. I can't wait. I manifest I started manifesting like two years ago. That's almost there. It's your fault, man. My fault. You should be proud. It's in your honor. <laughs> Which is spelled H O N O U R Cyrus, you piece of shit. <laughs> so what do you got, buddy? Uh, hey, I got a... Actually before yep. what's your favorite jingle? Ooh. Good question. Ooh, got you off guard too. Mm, it's gotta be chemtrails. Chemtrails, you mm. got it. Graham is an all-in believer in chemtrails. Chemtrails. I didn't even have to ask you which chemtrails. All of the chemtrails. Chemtrails are the best, man. It's getting cold. We need more chemtrail global warming. Yeah, they're using it over the Netherlands at the moment, apparently. Are they? Yeah, I've seen some pictures. Was it round? No. Little straight lines. Hmm. <laughs> Flat Earth apologist. It's the word of the day, is apologist. Won't apologize for anything. Yeah, kind of you do, though. Yeah, kind of. Sometimes. In a roundabout sort of way, like Graham, when he gives me shit. They're accusing people of stealing. What do you got? I got uh, an email. It's kind of a uh, new subscriber, rambling Graham email. What's up, Graham Cracker? Ah. <laughs> it's been a while, and I've been meaning to reach out to write to you guys. I just got the black budget feed about a week ago, and I'm listening to the Enter the Mushroom at work, and it's excellent. I've been sitting on a couple of ounces of Colombian and ri albino rhino mushrooms from the last few months, waiting to take a little camping trip when this fucking winter is going to be over, he says. When did they start naming mushrooms? I didn't even know I that was know, a thing. Like, I know. I'm telling you, there's going to be stores soon. They'll be in the shop. You go to the hmm. shop and get them. Different strains, different Not you, little though. spot. Not me, though, but some people. <laughs> anybody <laughs> else wants. <laughs> anyway, I told you before about going to treatment to al for alcohol abuse. Words can't describe how grateful I am that you read my last email. In the intro to Ep245, that was with Dave Smith. I've rarely shared that stuff, so it was a great sense of community in that. So here's the next trip report I promised you. I had gotten a sheet of LSD, 100 hits, and didn't really have the time or inclination to take any. I like to be somewhat ceremonious in my psychedelic experiences. However, I know their healing power and thought I could derail my excessive drinking with a good trip. Got to be careful of that, too, because I know a couple guys that, you know, it didn't work out very good. No. I was working second shift at the time, which only bred more loneliness and was a Petri dish for addictive and destructive behaviors. And after work one night, I decided to take a couple of hits and see what the cosmos had to tell me. I thought it was going to say, like, you're stronger than this, Michael, or I will now take your alcohol addiction from you. Haha, <laughs> not at all. I basically saw the typical fractal patterns, but in place of random, random objects spiraling around, I saw beer and liquor bottles swirling in and out of my sight. I can't really explain the visuals, but the message was clear. You have to get help. There is a void inside of you, and you can't keep filling it with negative energy. The universe is wise. Needless to say, the next day I clocked into work, told them I was having a drinking problem, and was able to take the next month and a half off to go to treatment. The treatment facility was in South Texas, and I live in Wichita, Kansas, so they hooked me up with a flight and a layover in Phoenix. After that night... Oh, afraid that I might bail on the whole idea. I decided to take just one more hit of LSD right before I got on the plane in Wichita. Oh. 
Jesus Christ. (laughs) Now that was a trip. Life has been very different since and very much the same. I love you guys like brothers and love what you're doing with the show. I look forward to meeting you guys someday and I'm constantly sending good vibes in your direction with much love and appreciation. Michael kind, be kind. P.S. I'm really interested in seeing if there are any Grimericans in my area. I need some like minds in my life. And I've been seriously considering podcasting. If uh, you wouldn't mind a shout out to Wichita, Kansas or anywhere in middle America and my email address, if anyone near me ever needs anything, even if, if it's just someone to talk to, I'm always available. Wichita Falls. Yeah. So oh. I'll put his email. It's uh, Michael Kind Capital Ultra at gmail.com. And I will put it in the. Uh, in He's got to get in the chats for one. Yeah. I was just going to say that too. Yeah. Because I think there's a couple people. I know that we've got a ton of listeners in Kansas, but I don't know. Just pop into the chat, say hi, and then uh, ask if there's anyone in your area, and then you'll start up some cool conversations. And that's a good place to start finding your like-minded people anyways. Yeah, Lots that's of love a, in the better chats, than social too. media. It's a oh, place you can go and, it's, and fucking converse and not feel shitty after like you do when you, know, you get that dirty feeling on Facebook. I used to anyway. I left. I've been clean about a month now. Are you? <laughs> um, no relapses. Really? But uh, Twitter even, I can't spend too much time on Twitter. I just start saying people, st- saying stupid stuff and, you know, I'm reading and I just, now I catch myself and I just disengage. Now I just, I, I won't do it anymore. I'm not, not interested. Really? I'll still go on there and if there's something cool, I'll tweet it or retweet it or get in a conversation with someone, but I'm just not into the hate and the arguing and there's none of that in the chats no it's there's tons of love it's really cool so hit the chats are you on facebook jared i'm on facebook yeah you, yeah traveling around i usually stuff, keep my yeah. low profile oh do you yeah. it's a stealth facebook mm-hmm. yeah. try to anyway yeah. <laughs> if you're a supporter grim steak will blow you i mean blew you <laughs> and uh yeah he's sort of in charge around there i put him in charge what does that what does that mean well if you're a supporter you get blue beamer status really yeah well, how it happened is Patreon had the auto option. So then once I did that on the Patreon, then I was like, oh, fuck. Now I got to offer it to the PayPal people, too. So I just put Grimstake in charge. Huh. He'll kick you out, too, if you fuck around. Don't yeah. go in there about Flat Earth, yeah? No, nah, we don't. That shit don't fly. <laughs> no, that's okay. You can talk about Flat Earth. Just don't be mean. Yeah, don't be that's mean. That's the only rule. Just don't be mean. You want another? Well, I got a, yeah. I got a dream Bucko. precog here. It's pretty and a, a general. Precog? It's a general check in and dream precog. Might as well read this. Considering the last episode that came out. Ripple, 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 Do we have enough time for this? Yeah. We have a high twenty five minutes. All right, so I've been listening to this podcast for a while now, and I'm always loving the content. And even if I'm uninterested in the guest, your banter throughout the show and intro always brings me a smile. My first episode was with Alan Green, and it blew my fucking mind. Is that dude in jail or something? You need to get him back on. Anyway, to the dream. Actually, we do have a lot of people asking about that. We should probably... But he didn't get the memo that the intros suck. Darren, did you did you hear about the Alan Green thing? He wants yeah. Alan Green back on. I want to break into the thing too. Uh, yeah, I'd love to have Alan Green back on. I've, how'd that happen? That was one of those weird, like, synchronistic fucking. That he they came to he came to not him, but someone came to us on his behalf. Yeah, and CC'd everyone. 
you know what? I'd probably still have all those emails on that old laptop. I'll dig it out, get his email and email him. Somebody listens to the show, though, that set it up once already. So just set it up again. Email me if you still listen. Well, I think you ended up getting involved to the point where you could set it up yourself this time, right? Yeah, but he they was, just CC'd he was me. Checking I don't, the... I, it's going to be a chore for me to find those emails now that fucking James got his hands on it. No. <laughs> I'm just Shouldn't your emails be on the, whatever device you're on right now? Yeah, but it doesn't go back a year and a half. What? What episode was that? I don't know, but why doesn't it go back? This is 2018. Your fucking emails, emails that go back, back. Your email goes back two weeks, bro. Yeah. No, no. Yours does. No. So don't you start talking to me. I just got a new computer. I said I'll go on the old computer and I'll fucking look for it. But if someone already knows, they could just email me. Okay, I'll, f- I'll find it for you. You ain't going to find shit. <laughs> I won't hold my breath. All right, so let's get to the dream. I was inside a lot. This is like the typical dream I would have, too, with the D&D guys, an adventure dream. Fucking a D&D adventure, <laughs> bro. I was inside a large house on a lake. It looked like my friend's old house. I dream of that place often. And I looked out the window and saw a woman floating over the lake. I heard a voice boom all around me, but seemingly coming from her and say, Bring me Osiris while pointing at me. I looked around and remember thinking, fuck that, I'm not giving up anyone to her. I began running around the house looking for something, not quite sure what, and I found a teenage girl. I looked at her and glanced out the window and saw two men in suits with assault rifles walking from the shoreline. I told her, we need to leave, and we jumped out the window and ran. We came up to a house and went in, and inside there were a bunch of people waiting or hiding, A couple approached us, and although they looked like friends of mine's parents, they were hers. They were frantically thanking me for not hitting on their teenage daughter. She's like 15, I think. I would never. And began pulling a bunch of folded, crumpled money from their pockets and forcing it into my hands. Looked to be about $200. After which the girl I had saved, or I guess just didn't hit on, looked at me and told me that we had to go. She generated a portal... And I woke up about 30 feet underwater. I swam up to the surface and saw the most amazing night sky. I've only seen the sky like this in pictures and movies. And even then, this was far more grand. The Milky Way pointed right towards a tropical island with a dense forest of palm trees and the sand glowing under the stars about 300 feet away. I saw her swimming towards the shore and I thought, there's no fucking way I can swim that. I've got to wake up. And did. For the rest of the day, I had that like dream hangover. I could not get her face out of my mind either. I've always been a very vivid dreamer. When I see a face, I'm able to figure out who it was, but not with her. I drudged through my work delivering pizza. I walked up to this house, probably five hours into my shift, and it was the girl in my dream who answered the door. Delivery was normal. I thought about telling her about my experience last night, but that would have been way too weird. Anyway, that's my story. My next one will be about my first ever lucid dream I remember, but that will be a tale for another day. Cheers, friends. Skull and good vibes to all. That's Junior Zetterock Lemberger. P.S. Darren, sometimes when I'm listening to the show, I spark up in synchro with you, and it makes me feel like we are buds smoking through space and time. (laughs) Or at least we have a really good idea, idea of when to smoke during the show. Ah, uh, and then PPS, PSS, Graham, he says, old isn't a slur, it's a blessing. Not everyone is around long enough to get that badge. Thanks, buddy. It's a blessing. I was thinking maybe that dream was like a pre, precog uh, 
warning not to hit on this teenage customer. That would be likely, yeah. You know, and why then, are you going to hit on it? Oh, I thought to you. I was going to be like, what? what <laughs> oh, the pizza thought, delivery. You were busy yeah, yeah. doing something. Yeah, yeah, sir. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, thanks for the email. Um, appreciate it. Good story. All right, buddy. Okay, what's next, buddy? I'm busy. Yeah. busy keep talking. Eh? Yeah. Man, people go off to some cool places when they're when they're asleep, eh? Oh, yeah. Those dreams can get, oh, man, I've had some nutty ones, eh? <clears throat> Just ridiculous. I don't dream much now that I started smoking, but it's, they're there. You don't, you don't dream after not, it really, not so eh? much, no. I have a break every now and then. Then when I do smoke, that's, the dreams just come back super vivid. Oh, I yeah, yeah. I think the worst I had was on the malaria pills. Those were, I saw my grand, dead granddad, like, he came back, man. Wow, really? I was just like, what the, f- what's going on here? <laughs> that was strong stuff. I wouldn't advise taking those. And then, so smoking weed t- t- takes that Seems dream. To turn once, them off, yeah. Once after, after a while, it turns them off, but if you co- go back onto it, then it sparks. Yeah, if I had a couple of days off, yeah, they would yeah. be back. Yeah. And they'd be pretty intense, too. Yeah. But I'd just sit there and close my eyes and watch the geometric patterns normally. Yeah. I'm a bit of a nut. Do you ever have, <laughs> you ever have precog dreams or anything like that? Or There's been a couple. Yeah? I, my dad has had some things like that, yeah. where it's been very strange. With the, Like, you guys and us are like, on synchro levels, yeah, you just don't understand. It's hard to it's hard to just discount all that, you know, as just yeah. random fucking phenomena. I mean, it's it's really fantastic when people have these personal stories that are verified afterwards. Yeah, man, he my old man almost died in a car crash years ago, like two thousand eight, and um, he always like he would always have to come get me from my mother's because they'd split up, um, and basically he would always like have these kind of dreams that he would get taken away in a yellow helicopter, and he always wanted to go to Africa and help children over there and stuff like that he has this accident and then that same night he gets taken away in a yellow helicopter oh, what says goodbye to me in the hospital and everything like he's gone and then uh as we get to the other hospital he's getting the blood transfusions and he's doing okay um but then like several months pass he gets better and he decides to do this motorcycle trip up, up all of africa so he flies to south africa gets a motorbike and drives it all the way up we met in Ethiopia and started helping children taking soccer gear over there to them. And so he was saying this to me when I was like 13 and when I was 21, it actually happened. Wow. I'm just like, okay, yeah, this is crazy. obviously where we're meant to be at this yeah. time. It yeah. doesn't really matter yeah. anything else, you know? Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, so no wonder why you got itchy feet in the travel bug if, you know. That's, I think it's a family thing, man. Yeah, My totally. grandmother traveled. She went around the world a bunch of times wow, as well. Wow, really? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. That's just in our DNA. Yeah. There's nothing like it, man. Nothing can, you know, if you got the the will and the means to do that. Nothing can exp- uh, replace that experience. I really no, mean, definitely not. Yeah. I, I'd recommend it to anybody, but you got to have that. I mean, there's, you got to have some no fear in you. Yeah. You just got to not so. care about what really, what's really going yeah, on. Yeah. And you got to be able to go with the flow, right? You really got to just not get yeah. wrapped up and things not working out. You just got to be like, this is the way it is. Yeah. This is what's happening. And I can't get this fucking bus here or this That's room it, here I, I mean, or a lot of times I'm hungry and I can't get food now, but you got to just let all that shit go. Right? Yeah. It's it, traveling can get really stressful. Don't get me wrong. It's not all just like walks in the park and sunshine and rainbows kind of thing. I, I got, got a wife and two kids and went to the eclipse. Mm, that would have been fun. Maximum fucking stress levels yes. were reached at times. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? In that traffic jam? Oh, you brave man. You're brave man. I would better for it. So do you yeah. find that, that it keeps you in the moment though, traveling to new places? Like is that yeah. part of the allure to it? Is that, you know, when you enter a new environment because you do get used to your own environment. Like even yeah. if tr- even if I take a different route through the city, like it's still the same city. You know? Yeah, but if I'm you go somewhere else, spots, like hey. it's like 
you know, you're kind of you kind of uh, uniquely aware of uh, of the moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, after enough of that traveling, you kind of develop a weird sixth sense, and you can kind of see things around you that I guess most people couldn't see. You can avoid certain situations that may be coming. That you yeah. see just pre- just in advance enough. And it's, I'm not sure what that is, but it's just, I guess it's training your mind to be aware of things, could you know? Be, yeah, it could just be exercising. Do you, do you remember any specific examples of that? There's been a couple of points where I've taken a wrong corner or walking through certain streets in the US and just be like, oh, I shouldn't be here, but I'm going to do it anyway. It'll, yeah. be, it'll be fine. Just don't worry. Yeah, that's right. Just yeah. have a smile on your face and try it. still it. odds <laughs> and be nice and you know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking... Uh, it's the thing, man. Like you travel around the world... Been you don't want to be drinking countries, when you're drunk no, and bad. going into neighborhoods, you're not in places, nah, you're not supposed man. to be, that's when you get yourself into all sorts of fucking trouble. But if you're Too sober right. and you're just, you know, minding your own business, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not encouraging you to go around where you shouldn't be. But, you know, if you're minding your own business, you gotta, some things gotta line up for you to, you know, you still gotta be in the wrong place at the wrong time. We yeah. got, we got almost got mugged in Amsterdam by a gun and a needle full of AIDS. That sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. You should have just said, I got a dick full of AIDS, motherfucker. Come here. Come here. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. We just fucking ran. Called his I think buff. I just ran. We just called his buff. You just pushed down your buddy and fucking ran for it. That's why he hasn't replied to any of the Facebook messages. Yeah, he no, just remembers you guy. from pushing no, him down in that alley. No, that was a different guy, yeah. Uh, sacrificed my buddy for it. So anyways, so it's like just a, actually, uh, Ryan's only like 40, I don't want to say too much, but Ryan's within an hour of, uh, Michael, no, who's Michael? The, the email. The, oh the yeah. Email? Yeah. So I think, <laughs> I think, uh, you could do something someplace in the Midwest and cool, probably right get, on, yeah. you know, a few yeah. people up to it anyway. Yeah. The chat, like I say, the chats is a place to start. Yeah. So I got the UFO quote and then I think we should <sighs> wrap her up and beg for some support. And well, let's just do that now. Support the show, please. What are, you, what are you looking at me like that for? Put some effort into it, son. You're just only forget about the UFO quote. Oh. What's that? <laughs> I said, put some effort into it. What? Put some effort into effort, it. Oh, yeah. into support it. the show, please. <laughs> GrabAmerica.ca slash support. We got a brand new support page there. There's about, uh, we had some people taking advantage of our yearly options, some people taking advantage of our weekly options, so it definitely is worth, worth the work. So you can get on there, guys. There's about 30 different subscription options. Go to Patreon. There's some options there as well. Everything from a buck a month um, to uh, thirty bucks a month. That's pretty much it. And um, all of them get you access to the Black Budget feed, even one-time donation. So if you can uh, muster that up, then we'll get you those Black Budget episodes and uh, get you some even more value. Of course, if you are getting some value for the show, I think this is going to be episode like 281 or some shit, all for free. <laughs> No back catalog, no fees, no nothing. And you get even more of a bonus that we give you as a reward for supporting the show, not a paywall. Triggers Graham. Um, so yeah, if you guys can head over to the support page, sign up for monthly. If you haven't yet, it uh probably is about time. If you are getting some value for the show, you throw a little back our way. I mean a buck a show is all we ask. A buck a month is all we ask. If everyone could do a buck a month, we would have no financial woes. Um, but we're not fucking close to that. We're still not we're still not at 1% of uh, support. That's okay. We'll get there. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, of course, if you, if, you, if you can't muster that up, we're reasonable guys. So email us. And if you really want that black budget feed, I'm sure we can come up with something that works for everybody. So, yeah. 
And there's a bunch of stuff in the show notes that doesn't cost any money that does help out the show. Yeah, I'd love so hearing So if you like went in there and did everything in the show notes list and sent me screenshots and, you know, told me why you can't afford a buck a month, then we could probably... We would, we would, yeah, we would. Yeah, here you go. Would. Yeah, yeah. And we I love get getting... We, I've been deal. getting some UFO... Reviews uh, are down again, so... I've been getting... Really? What do you mean down? Like... One star is all across the board. <laughs> <laughs> Just less of them. <laughs> I've been getting UFO sightings from people. Their personal UFO sightings. I love. Ooh, we need I love a U- those we stories. Need a UFO so. sighting jingle. We got one. We got one. That's a UFO quote. No, no, we got we got another one. That you know the one that. Oh, the sea setting. No, there's another one you keep You're... forgetting about. Okay, we're gonna go through the jingles one day. No, we're not. <laughs> Let's just we'll just get you an iPad. <laughs> One day sure. we'll get you okay. and you can have your own jingles. Okay, that's fine. I think you're yeah, ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just about there. <laughs> five years. You wait, Maybe for I the five-year anniversary, to... I'll get you a jingle board. <laughs> Darren and Graham going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. Words to ponder and critique. It's a profound UFO quote of the week. All right. The Air Force had to put out a secret order for its pilots to capture UFOs. For the last six months, we have been working with the Congressional Committee investigating official secrecy concerning proof that UFO are, UFOs are real machines under intelligent dot, dot, dot. Huh. Major Donald Kehoe during a live TV broadcast. That's probably when he got cut off. <laughs> live TV broadcast on CBS in 1958 in which he was pulled from the air. Oh, there you go. In which he was pulled from the air when he began to deviate from the prepared format of the program. Awesome. There you go. All right. There you have it, buddy. That's it, buddy. All right, guys. Well, thanks, Jared. No yeah, problem. Yeah. Thanks for having thanks me, guys. For coming, yeah. Thanks for coming all really the way appreciate to Calgary. It. Absolutely. The igloo. It's one time only. It's a nice igloo. I'm sure you'll be back again. It's more. It resembles an igloo more than most people think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> used, covered in ice. Yeah. There used to be a front on the garage, <laughs> and it didn't quite used to have the like ghetto fence and all that. That's all new. <laughs> new decorations. Your local neighborhood crime stoppers. <laughs> All right, guys, enjoy the chat. Yeah, that's a great one with John, John Brisson. Yeah. yeah, and he's in the black. He's going to be in the black budget feed as well. Yeah, I'm later really on, release so. that right away too. Yeah, in the next, like, and day that or two, we get so. into some real deep. Oh, we should that's mention out already. We should mention for everybody that John oh. is giving his book away. Uh, I believe for free. Just use Grimerica Code coupon. Word Grimerica yeah, on his Grimer. website, and you get the ebook for free, the free yeah. PDF. Yeah. That's so. the Fix Your Gut book. Yep. He's also coming up with a mitochondria book I don't know if there's a button on his page, afterwards. but maybe if you take the free PDF, maybe, I don't know if he does have a donate button, but he was, I don't know if he does. I should have checked. I didn't, don't, I don't remember model. seeing one, but I... Anyway, I, what I know what you can do is turn on the miner on his website and spend some time reading some articles and that would support yeah. the website. Right on. All right, buddy. All right, guys, enjoy the chat with John. John Brisson, and actually we should mention that... Um, um, Titus? Titus was there as well. Yep. Yeah, John and Titus. Yeah. See how I read your mind there? Yeah, yeah. You didn't read my mind. It was just never mind. <laughs> Enjoy the chat.
All right, we've got John Brisson and Titus Wilson here with us from FixYourGut.com. Uh, John's the author of the book, Fix Your Gut, The Definitive Guide to Digestive Disorders, where he uses a lot of evidence-based solutions to help people with many different uh, disorders, all these chronic things that are destroying our lives these days. And then we're going to also uh, have a bit of an extended episode as well, where we're getting into some of the, the deeper uh, deep state stuff and geopolitics a little bit. These guys are both super knowledgeable. We're looking forward to chatting about all this stuff. And uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Good to have you. You're welcome, Graham. Uh, thank you for having me on. I've been listening to Gramerica for a while now, and it's a, it's a dream to be on you guys' show to help out the Gramerica Nation. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. It's an honor to have you. Welcome to the hegemony. hegemony. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, guys, for having me on with John. Uh, like I told you earlier, first hour is going to be all John, but uh, I might be able to help him out a little bit. Oh, yeah, we'll probably go a couple hours, and then we'll probably, for the people on the live stream, we're going to take a five or ten minute break, and then we're going to record another episode right after that. But yeah, so I guess let's jump right into it, John. Maybe uh, let us know how and uh, where you came came to be where you are today. Yeah, I'll give you my story, um, Darren. Um, I... Uh been dealing with health problems a lot through my own life and my own family too as well. Um, I was born uh, three months premature back in 1985, um, which was very rare back then. I was actually born dead. They had to revive me. Um, I kind of looked like a, a kangaroo fetus. I was uh, not done baking yet. And uh, because of that, I had a lot of health problems growing up. I had asthma, I had allergies. Um, I actually failed kindergarten because I missed too many days because I was coming down with uh, chronic bronchitis and pneumonia a lot. Um, and I was sick. Uh, my mother died uh, when I was seven from systemic lupus. Um, my father later died when I was 18 from um, hepatitis C. Um, but usually by the time I got up to my 19 or 20, I actually ha had pretty good health. I still had asthma on off and on. But I felt pretty good. Um, and then around the age of 24, before my first son was born, I developed uh, what I later discovered to be an H. pylori uh, infection of my gastrointestinal tract. Um, my stomach actually burned for the first time uh, that I could ever remember. I ever had gastritis. I mean, heck, even when my appendix burst when I was 14, and um, I went a week before having that getting cleaned out, and they had to go do surgery in there when they opened me back up and cleaned out all my organs and got all the infection out. And it made me as sick as when I had gotten the H. pylori, I mean, what it did to me mentally, I developed severe chemical phobia and anxiety. And what it did to me physically, I, I got silent reflux and it just made me very ill. Um, and I, I, I was driving me crazy. None of the doctors could tell me what was wrong with me. A lot of them thought that I was just making it up, that I was just anxious. Silent reflux wasn't really known to many gastroenterologists at the time. Uh, they were used to standard reflux, which the one of the main differences in silent is, is you can have uh, symptoms of reflux, you know, whether it's cough, chronic cough or throat clearing or dry mouth or breathing issues, but it doesn't show up as standard reflux. You know, like most people think when they have heartburn, when they have the acid indigestion feeling in their, their chest, I never really had that. Um, so uh, eventually I got, got tired of that because they weren't, they weren't helping me and none of the medications were working at all and I wasn't getting any better. So I started doing research and started trying to take things into my own hands and um, eventually, uh, my son, Abel, my middle child was, was born with a rare, uh, medical condition, condition called congenital myopathy with excess muscle spindles. Um, and at the time I was working for the vitamin shop, uh, too, as well. I was trying to, I was getting more knowledge and supplements and everything. And 
So we didn't actually think he was go- he was going to make it when he was first born. He was so um, agoraphobic. His uh, his hands and his his legs were were very uh, turned inward, and he wasn't breathing. They had him on a ventilator, and I actually remember uh, I actually That's remember be- the um, pediatrician uh, at the head of the hospital, head head of pediatrician. He told me that um, Abel was better off dead, that my son was better off dead. Um, And uh, I was shocked. I was floored. I mean, my wife was taken back. I I couldn't believe this. Um, And so they they transferred him to Chapel Hill. It took us three or four months for them to figure out what was wrong with Abel. Uh, Eventually, they sent off a a histological uh, sample of his muscle muscle biopsy to um, Mayo Clinic, where they discovered he had this rare disease. One doctor happened to have seen it before. Uh, it was so his condition is so rare. I think you have like a one in one point five billion chance of getting it at the time he was born. Um, so they thought he was on a ventilator and he was getting a, a little worse. And so his geneticist, geneticist uh, Doctor Fan, who was a brilliant doctor, later he became his biggest advocate. Told, uh, told us, you know, my wife, that he was going to get worse and there's nothing we can do. And my research, is, I was still had, didn't have the knowledge I had now. I didn't think there was much we could do either with his condition because it was so new and a lot of it wasn't known. That, you know, we fit, my wife and I figured that we we're going to take him off the ventilator, you know, and let him die in our arms, you know, let him die with dignity and peace, you know. And um, sure enough, it was out of our hands. I don't, I don't know what it was. It had to have been a miracle because there's no science behind it. But, um, before, right when we made that decision, we were on our way to, to call the hospital. He uh, coughed the breathing tube out, which was supposed to be impossible. I mean, his lungs should have atrophied, his throat should have atrophied for having the tube in for so long, but yet he coughed it out and he could actually breathe better off the tube not being in than having it in, which was also not supposed to be correct as well because his lungs should have atrophied. So the doctors were amazed. There was no medical reason why this should have happened at all. Um, so we got to take him home and I started taking care of him and I started actually realizing that his condition, CME, congenital myopathy with excess muscle spindles, had a lot to do with uh, failing mitochondria. A lot of the children died from uh, heart failure before the age of one. So I started giving him coenzyme Q10. I started giving him magnesium. I started getting sunlight exposure to him to increase his mitochondrial function. He actually started to recover. He actually started to do well. I mean, he would still have muscular issues and poor muscle tone for the rest of his life. He was actually doing well, and the doctors were shocked at that time. Uh, but we had a nutritionist who I was trying to give him you know, his own formula because regular formula, because he had a G2, because they're afraid about him swallowing. And regular formula is just G2 formula or just even baby formula, infant formula, just garbage, full of you know, genetically, proce- uh, genetically modified uh, processed food and, and, and oils and really just nasty, nasty stuff. So I started trying to feed him some of my own regimen to put in there. And the nutritionist just kept saying, you, he's not gaining weight enough, even though with his condition, he wasn't really supposed to be gaining a lot of weight. So eventually she started threatening the uh, hospital CPS worker on us, uh, you know, threatening to, to take, get them involved and to take away Abel from us because we weren't taking care of him, even though all the nurses saying that we were, we were taking excellent care of our son. So I backed down, I let him increased the regular formula feed because I was scared at the time. And lo and behold, he started aspirating into his lungs. Um, and I kept telling him that's what was going on, but they just kept couldn't figure it out and kept wanting to blame his condition, just getting worse and everything. And I noticed when he went to the hospital and they backed off on his feet, he would get better. Mm. One time he aspirated so bad, he almost died. So they had to put him back on a ventilator again. 
Eventually, after trying an hour of months and months of battling with them, I finally convinced him that that was the problem. So they mm-hmm. let me go back on his modified formula that I was giving him. He started to recover. He was getting back again. He was actually almost to the point where he was supposed to be off the ventilator. And then suddenly, freakishly, he had a pulmonary embolism from prior trauma that was done to him through his resuscitation, more than likely, and it killed him. And I was, I was devastated by it. Um, and about a little bit before then, um, Titus had actually had contacted me. I was on the Bulletproof forums initially, if you guys uh, you know, know about Dave Asprey. Yeah. I was dropping knowledge on there, and uh, I was helping Titus with his help, and we decided to form Fix Your Gut together a uh, little bit around the time that Abel was, uh, was born. Um, and uh, I was actually doing work and coaching people and writing blogs when Abel was alive. Um, so he was my main reason him and all the people that I've lost in my life, both my parents, me being sick, trying to get my own self better. These, you know, these were all the reasons of why I chose to, with my knowledge and all the research that I had done to bring it out to people, because I know what it is to have to be sick myself. I know what it is to have sick family members. I've lost family members because of conventional medicine. And don't get me wrong. Conventional medicine does have a place. It's just not very well with autoimmune diseases, for example, or cancer. Or the chronic stuff. Yes. But I mean, acute stuff, like you get in a car accident. Yeah, of course, there's no herbs that are going to really save your life. I mean, they may enhance your recovery, but they're not going to save you right then and there. That's when conventional medicine is needed or diagnostic medicine to some degree too as well. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's why I started my journey and started Fix Your Gut with Titus was to help people, to bring people this knowledge so that they wouldn't have to feel like they are trapped. Yeah. So Titus, you, you were, did you, how did you sort of go down that path towards meeting uh, John? Uh, I was working at a time. I was working during, uh, uh, I was working for a business and I was driving all the time. So I was digesting podcasts like crazy at the yeah. time. And I remember yeah. I was listening to Joe Rogan and I've, only, I've listened to like two Joe Rogan episodes in my life and the Dave Asprey, Joe Rogan episode. I don't yeah. know if anybody's, I still say it's one of the best top 10 podcasts I've ever heard that very first episode. Yeah. And, I got home. I went to the website. I looked at the stuff. I hated coffee. I didn't even want anything to do with it. Found this forum. I get on there and there's this guy and his name's uh, Ron Swanson. That's what John was using at the time. And he just had a picture of that. And it was just every thread they'd be arguing. And John would come in with these giant answers. I remember the first one was magnesium. It's still one of our most popular blogs. And it was this, I've never seen information put together like this before. And so I just messaged him privately on there. And if you know anything about John, he's always available for messages usually. And five seconds later, he's back with me and he starts just talking to me. We get on the phone with each other and it just clicks. And um, John was working on a book at the time. And it was, I always joke with him that it would have been, if we wouldn't have met, it would have been johnbrisson.blogspot.com website, uh, very unorganized. And we put, I put together what I do uh, at work with what, you know, John was looking to do. And we edited the book all together with a group of us. We put the website up. Um, we really just started going, grinding at it day by day by day. And uh, I have a disabled sister. And that was one of the things I realized how great John was. Uh, she was, she's got a rare condition about like John's son Abel did, um, where she's missing part of her brain or corpus callosum. And 
she was in the hospital on ventilators four or five times a year. I start working with John and just doing some real simple things. And she's been to the hospital since I've known John about three times total for really issues that we could have uh, not had come up. But um, that's how we, we really got going on this. And uh, I mean, we've been around a while. I think John's up to almost 300 blogs. Um, tons of content out there. Um, everything's free as much as possible. I mean, uh, we're, we're going to give the book away to everybody who's listening to this show for sure. Uh, we'll make a Cromerica coupon code so everybody can get it. Because, I mean, that's the thing. We can get this information out there. It really does change that's, lives. That's awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Wow. So, I mean, there's going to be so many questions. We have personal questions to ask you guys, but I guess, I mean, I'm a little bit more curious as to how John, how you kind of got, you went down, you're sort of learning all, learning all this stuff. Like, did you just get interested in all this? Uh, and it's not even like alternative health, but all, <clears throat> all the, did you read all the scientific papers and how you just went down the whole sort of, you know, how, how you began learning all this? Yeah, I just, um, when I first was initially ill and none of the doctors were helping me, um, I, at the time, I mean, I believed that my grandfather was a pharmacist and I was raised that conventional medicine was the only way to go. Even yeah. though my paradigm, I started shifting on conspiracies too around that time because I'd listened to Alex Jones, started listening to Alex Jones about a year or two beforehand. Um, and I used to listen to Coast to Coast AM a lot. So some of yeah, my attitudes yeah. on natural medicine had started to shift around yeah. that time. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I started reading anything I could get hold of, Con- conventional studies, uh, alternative medicine studies, uh, books, uh, just any literature, listening to any podcasts of people that I could listen to. Uh, Joel Wallach, I remember listening to Joel Wallach in the beginning. Um, just any, any information I could get my hands on. Um, and at the time, I had some, I was originally going to school for um, computer science real, like back in 2004, but... When I before able around two thousand and six or seven, I was actually trying to get a, a two year degree in uh, microbiology. I was also thinking about being a nurse at the time too, as well. Uh, so I had a little bit of knowledge uh, strictly from that, from a little bit of college that I did. Um, so I just got hold of any textbook I could get a hold of. I just absorbed as much knowledge as I possibly could. And I have coached a lot of people who've took their, their health in their own hands too as well. And I applaud anybody who doesn't. Because mm-hmm. certainly I don't know everything. And I have admitted times where I was wrong about things. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the evidence is always changing, you know, and you have to sit here and discern between what is real and what is false. And there's a lot of bunk on both sides. I mean, we know there's a lot of bunk with conventional medicine that everybody talks about, but there's a lot of bunk with with, with natural medicine too, as well of things that may not necessarily work as well as, as, as we want them to. Um, and it's just, it's the same for conventional too. And you have to use the power of discernment of trying to figure out what is best, you know, and when it comes to the studies that we read, they're not all perfect. You know, a lot of them, both alternative and conventional have their own funding sources too, as well. They can think differently. Right, right. Or not. And anybody can pick studies to match what they're saying or go against what someone else is saying. Yeah. Um, you know, but you got to go on. A, I've done a, I've changed a lot over years in the way I've coached people. You get a lot of knowledge with coaching people too, as well. You start seeing what's worked when you're out there in the field and everything. And you start seeing, you start, you know, honing your craft. And I remember when I was first coaching people starting out years and years ago, I used to, when I made people go to antimicrobial regimens, I'd throw everything in the kitchen sink at them, you know, to try to reduce dysbiosis in their gut. And people did get better, but a lot of people, it took a lot longer than trying to do a more targeted approach, you know, trying to affect the probiotic microbiome a little bit less, 
uh, was using certain agents like cinnamon oil over oil of oregano, which oil of oregano is more like broad spectrum, for example, should uh-huh. be used as a second type protocol to, to, to work against gut dysbiosis and everything. So, yeah, just just experience and just get reading anything I can get my hands on. I still do it today. I still read studies, new studies. I just got done reading uh, Dr. Ben Lynch's book, Dirty Genes. It's an excellent book. I mean, I'm still trying to get as much information as I possibly can get nice, my hands yeah. yeah. to hold up. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the there's a lot of science out there and a lot of um, studies out there. And I feel like it takes forever, like decades for the conventional system to catch all that stuff and put it into to practice. Whereas this new sort of, I don't know, it's not even really new, but the whole biohacking thing and all these guys, like, you know, even Rogan's had a few of them on, like Ben Greenfield and all these guys. And there's so much... They're really open-minded to all kinds of changes from meditation, infrared therapy and flow tanks and all this stuff, plus all the supplements and, and sort of like the biohacking things. Like I want to, I got a bunch of questions to ask you guys about that, but it takes people like yourselves that are smart enough to digest all this stuff. I've got a friend of mine on the coast. I always pick his brain about this cause he follows all these studies too. And he's, he's, he's got a, he'll, I'll probably ask you a few questions of his as well, but he's right into all this and he sort of has this way of articulating as well, but not everybody can do that. Sift through all the crap and pull out like all the relevant stuff and help people. So I, I think that's great. You guys are doing that. You know what's yeah. wild that John will do that. I, that's always impressed me is I've read a lot of some of these studies and the abstract will say one thing and then John will go into the data and be like, yeah, but the abstract's completely wrong. And here's the data. Why? Right. And, and that's that's the thing John's got that I, I I don't have the ability. Don't know many people do that. He'll sit there and read 100 pages of this stuff, these boring research articles, really, and come to conclusions that are really changing lives. Yeah, exactly. Well, I know John was able to help my wife and touch our lives a little bit. With uh, we're starting to turn around on a condition my wife has that's been, you know, misdiagnosed for 20 years. And now, you know, for the first time, she's she's beating some of these episodes. I mean, there's there's some some work to do there, and 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 some places to go, but it's definitely a step in the right direction because she hasn't beat one before. Yeah, I mean, it, when you're looking at diseases that people, Graham had mentioned, and it's relevant to what Darren is saying about H. pylori, for example, being the cause of ulcers that. Um, Researchers knew in the 80s. I mean, Barry Marshall. Um, he uh, he was a, a he was a microbiologist. He was a researcher who inoculated himself uh, with uh, H. pylori. About I think it was 1984, 1985, because uh, he knew it was a cause of ulcers. But he c- could convince anybody that it was the cause. So he literally drunk a concoction of H. pylori that he had grown himself and got ulcers from that to at least say, hey, this is the cause of ulcers. Stress. And, and, and is it necessarily the only cause? This bacteria is the main cause of ulcers. And that wasn't treated by the medical establishment by doctors into the early 2000s. They still prescribed anti-acid um, anti, uh, drugs and they prescribed um, anti-anxiety drugs for people with ulcers up until about 2000. But researchers knew that H. pylori was the cause a main cause of, of, ga- of ulcers, of duodenal and gastric ulcers for, for, for at least 15 years beforehand. And it had become uh, a, a tre- treated by the medical establishment until, I mean, it's the same with, um, you guys have probably heard of ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, uh, yeah. which are, are common, uh, common 
gastrointestinal illness. Well, they're both caused by this mycobacterium called mycobacterium avium paratuberculosis that's found in ruminant animals like cows and sheep and goats and deer. So when a person eats products, whether it's dairy or actual meat of the animal that's contaminated, their body may react to this mycobacterium. If it happens only in the gut, it manifests itself as ulcerative colitis. If it happens systemically, it manifests itself as Crohn's disease. And those differences could be exposure, age of exposure, or even genetical that can make the difference of why one person gets one thing and another person gets another disease. But researchers have known that this is the cause, or at least speculated that it's the cause, since the early to late 90s, or even as far as, I mean, even as early 2000s. But doctors are still, still not treating it as such. They're still treating it as an autoimmune condition. The body just decides to attack itself one day and treats it with biological agents just to reduce the inflammation using uh, TNF-alpha blockers and not treating the actual underlying mycobacterium dysbiosis. So a person may feel better once the inflammation is reduced, but since they don't tackle the initial dysbiosis, they continue getting worse over time. So the doctor has to go in and add more medications or go in and increase the dosage of the biological agent or try another biological agent. And they never get the root cause. The root cause is this mycobacterium. And if they tackled that, they would tackle those conditions. Hmm. So... Um, what was I going to say about that? The uh, the vitamin D study that just came out. I wanted to touch on that. Oh, the the IBS stuff. Like, so my girlfriend. I I, I don't know, Darren, if you want to expand a little bit on on your wife's issues and stuff like that. But my girlfriend's got chronic tummy issues. Like I, and I, they don't really. They haven't really diagnosed her with IBS yet. But um, it seems like that's the catch all these days for all the stuff that they can't figure out what's going on in the gut. They just say. IBS, you know, but they can't figure her out. They've been through tests like after test after test for years upon years. And even lately, she's still like, she's, you know, got diarrhea all the time, real bad tummy aches, um, different, different stuff going on. But then she's also got other chronic issues. Uh, one of them called Ehlers-Danlos, where it's a connective tissue disorder. I don't know if you yeah. guys have ever I know about Ehlers-Danlos. Yeah. I mean, not many people do. I mean, there's very few doctors that even acknowledge that as a condition. So trying to tease apart all this different stuff, it's almost impossible through the current medical system. And of course we've tried all kinds of alternative things as well. I mean, lately, uh, I won't even get into to lately because I want to hear sort of what you have to say about some of that and maybe some of the ways that people can sort of find that uh, the right path to to the solution for, for those things that are really hard to identify. It's very difficult. I mean, usually a person when they have some sort of autoimmune condition or some sort of genetical condition, they need to look back and they need to, to realize that, like I said, the body's just not attacking itself for no unknown reason, especially if it's an autoimmune condition. I mean, most autoimmune conditions, if you look at their, the studies, multiple sclerosis is more likely caused by H. pylori. Lupus is more likely caused by staph. Ulcerative cryos of Crohn's disease is more likely caused by mycobacteria, maybe in paratuberculosis. Schizophrenia is more likely caused by toxoplasmosis gondii. Oh, yeah, to so all these conditions have a microbiological reason. Now, not all of them. I mean, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome may have a connection between having elevated seroplasm or issues with copper transportation and also has genetic issues too, associated too with it as well. And Ehlers-Danlos syndrome can cause gut issues. Uh, oh, they've been really? linked yeah. together. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's... It, it's interesting how most people, they go to their doctor and their doctor goes, well, you have lupus and you're going to have it for the rest of your life. And there's not really much you can do about it, except take these drugs that will reduce the immune systems overactive and which could put you at great risk of getting serious infections or um, issues with 
developing cancer or, or stuff like that, instead of maybe tackling the root causes of a lot of these autoimmune conditions, um, which, which could be uh, microbiological in nature for most, most of them, uh, or even genetical. I mean, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, if you work on if you work on proper collagen formation and keeping copper uh, properly bounded up and iron low, uh, a person with Ehlers Danlos syndrome may approve. Now, can you perfectly, can you make it, can you completely, you know, make the condition go away? Not at this time, no, but you can do certain things to improve the quality of life of the person. Similar for someone who has like cystic fibrosis, for example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's just weird how. Depending on, I mean, I've known people have gone 20 or 30 years without a proper diagnosis, okay, of, of things that doctors should easily know that that's what the person's suffering from. And there's just, there's conditions like Ehlers-Danlos, where like you're exactly like you said, that most doctors, they don't even, they've never even heard of it. So they don't even either A, believe it's a real condition or B, know much about it to begin with. Yeah. Um, and, and it's the same with uh, fibromyalgia, for example, which could have a lot of issues, you know, gut issues being the cause of fibromyalgia too. So it, it's hard. Like you have to go to multiple doctors most of the time to get a right diagnosis. You have to have a crap ton of tests done to get the right diagnosis. And even then, you may or may not get the proper diagnosis of the condition that you're dealing with. It's, I mean, as much as I think that conventional medicine is important for its diagnostic work, I think it drops the balls in a lot of different balls is trying to juggle in a lot of ways because conventional diagnostic methods, they're not perfect by any means. And most doctors make them out to be the gold standard and they're just not. So have you, what are some of the, the main, well, I mean, I don't know if that's even an appropriate question. I think, uh, well, so what are some of the main things that you can do supplement-wise? That I mean, I heard you talk about magnesium, and that's one of the things that I, my friend Mike told me about. There's a study out recently that talked about vitamin D absorption is not happening when you're magnesium deficient. And apparently that's half right. the population is deficient in magnesium. So how much, how much of this vitamin stuff are we not even getting because of magnesium deficiency? I mean... A whole host of things. I mean, I've seen I've seen the percentages of magnesium deficiency go from fifty percent to ninety percent in our modern world of being magnesium deficient. I mean, a lot of us are under chronic stress. Our food doesn't have a lot of magnesium. Our food's depleted of many minerals and vitamins that we're ingesting. We ingest toxic substances like glyphosate all the time, and all of this burns through our magnesium storages. Okay. And without proper magnesium, I mean. It ranges from, like you said, vitamin D uh, absorption and, uh, and also utilization by the liver requires magnesium. Um, I mean, from, from proper muscle function to um, heart health to brain health, I mean, magnesium, it does a lot. It's one of the most important minerals that anybody could supplement. It's just relatively safe as long as you're not suffering from um, you know, renal failure. You'd have to you know, titrate the dosages down. Uh, depending on your kidney function. But yeah, for most people, they should be supplementing with uh, magnesium because how deficient. I mean, just to get Shit. an average amount of magnesium in your diet, you'd have to eat one avocado, a cup of brown rice daily, uh, chocolate, dark chocolate bar daily, all that food just to get enough magnesium. The average person needs between 400 to 600 milligrams, just basic amount of magnesium that gets you through the day. With added stress, we probably need 1,000 800 to 1,000, depending on the person and depending on your weight. Wow. So just to get what you need through diet, you have to eat all this food that a lot of people are not eating 
just to get your daily value of magnesium in. It's ridiculous. How much, how much did you say the daily value is? A thousand milligrams? Did you say is that? No, that well, for well, the standard for average person that if you look on the RDA recommended daily allowance is usually between four to six hundred milligrams. Oh, okay, sorry, yeah, four hundred to six hundred milligrams. I have and some then, on my nightstand, and I'm never taking it, so I should probably get on that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you should. I mean, Lisa Bobby summon it just sitting there. I just, she's like, you should take that every night. The main two s- symptoms, or actually, made three symptoms, as I say, is lack of magnesium, are anxiety, trouble sleeping, or Charlie horses. Ever since sleeping. I've supplemented with magnesium, I haven't got a Charlie horse since I can't even tell you the last time I got one. I used to get them all the time when I was an adolescent. I do get sciatic pain a lot. Would that be, uh, could that be it tied could into be, magnesium? Yeah. It, so- it could be, yeah. I always thought a Charlie horse was getting like we used to give each other Charlie horses, like you'd knee somebody in the leg. But is it, do you mean cramping, like muscle cramping? Yeah, is that muscle, the same thing? it's a colloquialism in the States for muscle cramping of the, of the calf. Of the calf. Okay, I had one of those the other night. Did you? Yeah. They're severely pain. Too. A lot like, of people get them in sleep. When you yeah, get yeah, them in I the got foot, it in fucking sleep. When you get I woke it in the up, foot is the worst. When you I, get it in the bottom of the foot, the only way to get yep. rid of it is you get stomped like a motherfucker. <laughs> Yep, that's, that's a lack it, of magnesium. Man. That's a lack of magnesium for most people. I can't. I have not. And also headaches. Chronic headaches is lack of magnesium for most people too as well. I can't even tell you the last time I got a headache. Okay, so get on the magnesium. I have some of that already, so I'm ready there. Yeah, uh, if you want to sleep, magnesium glycinate is very good for sleep. You want to take uh, some before bed. Usually it's 50, uh, uh, 200 uh, milligrams per 50 pounds of body weight is usually the recommendation, a good general recommendation. If it starts causing you to have a little bit of diarrhea, you need to reduce the dosage. Uh, magnesium malate is good for energy if you need more energy instead of sleep, and you would, and it's also good for fat digestion and fat absorption. Um, so you want to take magnesium malate in the morning with breakfast and lunch in divided doses. You, like, for example, I take 800 milligrams of magnesium malate a day. I take 400 with breakfast and 400 with lunch. Um, and it gets me through the day. I feel like a champ on it. Um, and I've been doing it for a while. I've been doing it for months now. My magnesium levels are pretty good. They hover between uh, 6.3 and 6.5 RBC or red blood cell magnesium, which is optimal. You want 6.5. You don't want to get the magnesium serum test. It's worthless. Your body does whatever it possibly can to keep your magnesium serum levels normal. Because if it didn't, you would drop dead from arrhythmia. So it leaches out of your bones. It leaches out of your nervous system. It leaches out of your whole body to keep that serum level normal. So most of the time when people get a serum, their doctor just checks serum. The doctor just checks serum and he goes, oh, the serum's normal. You're fine. You're not deficient at all. Now, does it check the red blood cells where the magnesium accumulates and where you get a more accurate reading? Uh, and most people who have normal serum have very low red blood cell. Huh. Mike, Mike was mentioning as well serotonin in the stomach versus serotonin in the brain. It is produced in the gastrointestinal tract. Serotonin is, GABA is, neurotransmitters are produced by, our, by your microbiome. Serotonin, melatonin... Uh, GABA, dopamine, they're all produced by the critters in your gut. Um, and actually serotonin, 80% of it, of your whole entire body serotonin is produced localized by your microbiome in your gut. Now, granted, most of that is used for peristalsis, which are the colonic movements of the fecal matter through your digestive tract because serotonin is a muscle contractor. Okay. But some of it does get into the bloodstream and some of it does go to the brain. Right. Um, so, but yeah, actually a lot of people don't know is most people think their appendix is a, a vestibular organ. You can just lose your appendix and you can go through your life perfectly fine. There's no use for the appendix. That's actually been debunked in the past couple of years uh, through local by the University of Chapel Hill uh, Medical School that's near me in North Carolina. 
Um, now, a lot of our probiotic microbiome lives in the appendix. It's actually a storage house. It's hidden behind biofilm. It produces a crap ton of melatonin, for example, which helps our sleep. And it's a strong antioxidant in the gut. And when you have diarrhea, your body flushes a lot of the microbes out as a defense mechanism. And after it's done, the microbes from the appendix are a copy of your microbiota. It goes back and it repopulates your digestive tract, your huh. colon. And that's what the service of the appendix for. The appendix is extremely important. It should be not taken out of most people unless absolutely necessary. Appendicitis can be most of the time treated conventionally through antibiotics or naturally through using certain herbs like oil, oregano, or berberine, or cinnamon oil. Um, and there's tons of studies that backed it up that appendectomies generally do not need to be performed. You can save the appendix by reducing the uh, bacterial overgrowth. In fact, most cases of appendicitis are caused really by constipation. Appendicitis is not really seen in third world countries where people squat. It's only mainly seen in first world countries where we sit on a toilet and it messes the anal rectal angle, which constipates us. So it makes us so we can't fully get our bowel movements out, which is why you've probably seen those ridiculous commercials for a squatty potty. Hey, we tried online. to fucking we tried to, potty. we tried to get them on the show because we were talking about that people thought we were sponsored by Squatty Potty. We talked about it so much. My, it's the only thing I can get my wife to do out of the natural health thing is use a squatty potty. <laughs> it's the only thing she believes in. I'm thinking about upgrading to the nine inch. I need the nine inch. I'm, not, I need the, I'm too short for the, the other one. But yeah, that's one of the you most important things if you take away from anything today other than magnesium. Squat it's using a squatty potty. It's the cheapest thing you can do to fix your health, other than getting sunlight for free. That too, as well. I was going to ask you about that. Try coming to Canada. It's not as yeah. easy as you think. Yeah, you're going to have to use a vitamin D lamp, a UVB lamp for that if you live up in the Great White North. So what, what about the importance of uh, DHA, water, and sunlight? Like, Have you guys ever checked into Jack Cruz's work at all? Oh, how, yeah. how do you think that's pretty important? I'm going to let Titus sum up what I think about Cruz real quick, and then I'll get out to that. Go ahead, Titus. You got the perfect antidote for Cruz. Jack Cruz is either the next Nikola Tesla health or he's batshit crazy. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel about Cruz. Um, and his sunlight stuff is excellent. I it mean, is. There's it no is. denying it. I mean, you just go outside, get sunlight, see how you feel when you can get it, get the app on your phone. D-minder that tells you, hey, this is solar noon, get out there, try it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an easy one to validate. Yeah. So I believe 100% in structured water, for example. I believe in the purity of water. I believe in reverse osmosis and distillation. I believe to try to get the water as pure as you can for your mitochondria. Ooh. I believe in all that. All Jack's Cruz is working that out. I 100% believe in. How's the Berkey? Uh, it's not as good. It uses activated carbon as well as the... Um, the uh, if I remember, the fluoride filters use aluminum. Granted, they are natural aluminum. Yeah, it's a um, double of them. It's got the two. Yeah. So I actually. Then it has I, affirmations on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I, so if you go to Google, if you go to Google, search picture uh, water, it, we have John has a, like, I think it's got like 90 sources. It's one of our longest blogs ever that's got reviews of all of the different ones. The uh, John recommends a great reverse osmosis countertop unit. That's the best thing I've ever used. It's my favorite John Preston recommendation. Oh, okay. Doc, Interesting. Doc was true. Doc was true. Um, but yeah, I mean, water is, I mean, that's, if you take away everything besides supplementing, I'm talking about things that you can do or you improve your own health. If you just do anything, which is sunlight, proper sunlight exposure, making sure that you're getting enough vitamin D from the sun, making sure it's primarily UVB 
uh, for vitamin D. You can get some UVA in the morning, for example. And when you wake up in the morning, you do want to go outside and get a little bit of sun on your face to, to reset your circadian rhythm and to reset your global GPS. Yeah. Um, and you do want to get a little evening sun that has a little bit of infrared spectrum to <laughs> yeah, help yeah. healing. Um, but yeah, I mean, for most people, we're low on vitamin D, so you want to make sure that you're getting UVB primarily during the summer. Like when I right now, I can get a UV in, index of nine, and that's the myth. That's the biggest myth about. That's the biggest myth that was made that was put out either by the medical industrial complex or, or the cabal, whatever you want to call them, is that sun is an ultimate evil. Now, sun, when done incorrectly, it can be harmful. Uh, if you are getting chronic sunburns, you can do damage to your skin and you can cause cancer. But it done correctly, it can be one of the ultimate healers yeah. uh, that was given to us by the creator. Um, so, I mean, for me, when I, the days I get sun, that I get primarily UVB, which is midday sun, and where, where I live right now, North Carolina. For you guys, not so much. You still get UVA. I sleep sadly through the night. I sleep like a rock because more melatonin is produced from the serotonin and gets methylated. I produce vitamin D, which reduces inflammation, so I may be able to feel better. Um, and also, this is a biohack, but if you live, live a privacy fence and you also, if you're a male, tan your testicles it, for just a few minutes. You don't want to tan your testicles for the rest of your body. Like, for example, I usually tan my body for 20 to 30 minutes. The testicles are usually only a couple of minutes, maybe five at the most. It will increase vitamin D uh, expression um, directly in the testicles themselves. It will improve testosterone and it will improve sperm function. Can, can you um, get that from the, the luxury tanning beds with the UVA and the UVB? You can too if it's primarily UVB. Because I do that naked. Now, yeah. granted, this, those bulbs are not as the sun, and Jack Cruz will say that. I 100% agree with yeah. Cruz. But yeah. sometimes you have to do what you got to do <laughs> where you live. Uh, Cruz, of course, will say, move down to the equator. Not everybody can do that. Yeah, That's one of yeah. my main uh, disagreements with Cruz. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 sunlight is one of the most free things that most people can do to improve their health with the least amount of effort. The other thing I don't agree with Cruz about was the because uh, he's been a, he's a dentist as well. I mean he's a super smart guy and he's he's not a dentist. He's a neurologist. No, he, no, he used to be a dentist. So he 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 doesn't agree with having to take out. You know, he doesn't agree with the uh, amalgams, like removing your amalgams and stuff like that. Uh, he figures that I guess it's probably you're better off just leaving those in. And uh, yeah, I guess he's he would rather you eat fish and increase your dha than try and remove yeah. the heavy metals through your through your you know your fillings in your teeth but i do want to ask you about uh water again too because uh so have you ever heard of john ellis water at all have you, have you guys ever heard of that he's uh he came up with this way of um uh distilling the water a hundred times over like it's apparently the purest water on the earth deuterium. I mean, yes yeah, deuterium depleted water. water yeah yes i have heard of it um Who i believe in it i think <laughs> yeah. Well, you can buy a distiller. I mean, a, a couple of guys, a friends of mine, want to go in on one. It's like three grand for the, the the process, but you can also just buy little bottles, and you can dilute your water with that water, and it's pure, the purest water. So it's it is. I believe deuterium depleted water is extremely pure. I just think it's a very potent uh, thing, and you're only supposed to take a very little bit of it at a time. Yeah. Uh, to my knowledge, and try to work your dosage up for it. I mean, most people start with a drop or two under their tongue, if I remember. 
Um, I haven't started doing it myself yet, but I've been really thinking about doing it. And I've been, there's been a lot of research through the quantum biohacking group about using deuterium, uh, deuterium depleted water. Huh. Um, so I definitely do think it is uh, very powerful for the mitochondria and it would actually help out a lot of people to ingest the pure, I mean, Jack Cruz talks about the purest water that you can possibly ingest is the best water for you. I mean, we know that through the work of Gerald Pollack. Yeah. Uh, it's best yeah. for your mitochondria. Um, so, I mean, you wouldn't want to drink, obviously, cups of this stuff or what it would take too long, I would assume. Well, the other thing is, um, I guess it's not, it's it's also got rid of all the good nutrients and minerals, the minerals. in the water as well. So and it would gonna, leach that you know, to yeah, agree. Yeah. Um, huh. So, yeah, I mean, it's the same with, uh, it's the same with reverse osmosis. Reverse osmosis water does leach a little bit of minerals from the body. But yeah. if your diet is good at minerals, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, right. So, the, so in Calgary, we got rid of the fluoride in the water. I mean, just recently couple of years ago, no, not even a couple of years ago, last year there was people, there was an uproar again in the community. Oh, kids are having, you know, more cavities now. Get put the, put the fluoride back in the water. I cannot believe there's actually a movement to fucking put it back in. But, um, so what we, uh, what I do is I take it out of the tap and I've been meaning to find a, a better way to structure it after, but right now I put it through the Santivia water filter, I guess, which kind of changes the alkalinity. But do you have any, do you know if that's a, a decent way to go or... I use a flask of bottle. You could use your way too. Some people use water vortexers. That works. Some people put their water in a glass jug and expose it to sunlight. That works. Yeah, yeah, Some yeah, people yeah. cut fruit up and put it in their water. That yeah. works. Okay, that uh, all changes structure then? That all changes structure. I use this flask, which I actually saw Jared Pollock owning one one time in a video. <laughs> Uh, and it uses orgone uh, technology to structure the oh, glass that. so that the that's, water is structured. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, I use this perfect glass bottle, cork top. Uh, no, um, no, uh, BPA plastic or anything bad or anything. And also interesting too, when I put soap in it and, uh, mix it around when I wash it out and pour it out, it makes a very good crystalline structure to the soap. Now glass bottles do do that, but this one seems to be a lot better than like your standard, like beer bottle and the way the crystalline structure that it makes. I've noticed that too as well. Um, but yeah, all those are way to structure the water. All of those will work. I don't really recommend alkalining the water too terribly much, um, uh, adding uh, artificial minerals back into it. Um, because um, it, if you are going to drink alkaline water, you don't necessarily want to drink it with meals. You would always want to drink it in between meals because our stomachs are supposed to be acidic, especially when we're eating. Our pH of our stomach is supposed to be around one or two. You don't want it more alkaline than that. Uh, proteins uh, start not breaking down properly start causing digestive issues. So if you are drinking artificial uh, uh, inflated uh, alkaline water, you know, Kagan water using minerals, you'd want to drink it in between meals. Um, I'd actually recommend that it'd probably be best to go with how the creator envisages us for drinking water and drinking it from a spring, if all possible, that had a high mineral content or high mineral spring water would probably be better. Uh, source, if you wanted to drink alkaline water in between meals is something that's artificially created. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, that's one of my... I'm not a whole, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of the acid alkaline diet. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. There's a lot of myth to that. Uh, I, there's a lot of truth to it too. I think people who get on it, who feel better is because most of them went from a standard American or a standard Canadian diet, uh, to a more healthier diet. And that's why they feel better. Uh, but there's certain parts of the body that are supposed to be acidic and there's certain parts of the body that are supposed to be more alkaline and the blood pH is very tightly regularly controlled on an alkaline diet. You cannot change the blood pH very much. Uh, most of the time when you're measuring your pH through urine, you're just changing your urinary pH because of the increased bicarbonate. Of, uh, like, for example, when you eat lemons, 
it makes your stomach more acidic. And so it makes the stomach chime more acidic. So when it goes into duodenum, the pancreas has to make more bicarbonate of soda and that gets into the bloodstream. And that's what, but also gets into the urine too. And that's what makes your urine more alkaline. It doesn't really do too much to the pH of the blood because the pH of the blood is tightly regulated. You wouldn't want metabolic alkalinosis and you wouldn't want metabolic acidosis either. Those are severe conditions. Um, but I still think that eating alkaline forming foods, um, like, and most people they'll say, well, meat's bad for you because it's acidic forming. And if you look at a lot of the charts, most of the meat, for example, that's bad for you is the conventional Cargill food lot crap that you get, you know, where the cows are treated horrible, feed of GMOs, they're <laughs> given vaccinations and, and antibiotics and Lord knows what, uh, hormones and stuff. And yeah, of course that would be very bad for your body. It's not necessarily the meat's maybe might be a little bit more acidic, but it's more making the right choices of why people feel better. Mm. What about, uh, what about other supplements like nicotinamide riboside, which is the precursor to NAD plus like, you know, back in like 20, like why aren't they giving people intravenous NAD anymore? I mean, I've heard some amazing stories about the transformation that you can, you can have through complete healing from whatever addictions and all kinds all kinds of stuff to other chronic issues, I think, or maybe not so much chronic, but uh, the intravenous NAD plus, and then these new things like nicotinamide riboside, which is supposedly really helping with the mitochondria health there. Yeah. I mean, Bill, Will, Bill Wilson, the former of Alcoholics Anonymous, he was originally uh, telling people to change their alcohols to change their diet and um, he was giving them niacin uh, and it was, was really working for alcoholism. I mean, it was really turning around people's lives. Of course, that's been suppressed. You know, you got to do the 12 steps now. You can't do any of the <laughs> diet or giving people nice and, you know, like you had mentioned, nicotinamide uh, IVs or anything like that. Um, so when it comes to the mitochondria, which is actually what my second book, Fix Your Mitochondria, hopefully whatever comes out, hopefully be out soon, uh, what it's about, what I did with Abel, I changed his mitochondria output to be better. And nicotine or riboside is one way to do it. PQQ, which would increase the amount of mitochondria a person has called mitochondrial biogenesis. That would help as well. Ubiquinol, which most people know is ubiquinone, which is coenzyme Q10. Ubiquinol is uh, uh, the more better absorbed form of it. And they both have their uses, but most people who are older should stick to ubiquinol for most cases. You know, Taking all these things are very important for the mitochondria. Uh, and they're suppressed because they don't want I hate to say they, but the medical establishment, not doctors themselves, your average doctor, most of them mean well, your average researcher, most of them mean well, it's people at the top, you know, that's when you start getting these, start getting suppression of real research, suppression of real drugs that could benefit people, suppression of real supplements. You know, you start getting all this information being suppressed from the top. It's not necessarily people at the bottom. So yeah, I mean, you could give someone, for example, my grandfather-in-law, he had heart failure. His ejection fraction was really low. It was between 20 and 30. You know, he's, he, he required oxygen. I started increasing his mitochondrial output, giving him magnesium, making sure he got good sun, changing his diet, making sure he got enough salt. Yes, salt is important for heart failure. The DASH diet is a load of crap. <laughs> the studies done with the DASH diet, they had to stop in people with heart failure because they were dying from the lack of sodium. Um, it's important for it's sodium... An average amount, of, even the, even average amount of American who takes in like eight grams of sodium a day, is not enough to change the blood pressure more than a point. So sodium is extremely important for heart health, and limiting it is really really dumb. 
So, you know, doing those things, giving them ubiquinone PQQ to increase his mitochondrial function, giving them uh, nicotine or riboside and, and resveratrol, all these things, I got his ejection fraction up to 75% and got him off the oxygen in three months. Wow. Wow. Now, granted, he later did eventually die from heart failure, but that was five to eight years later. Wow, he came out of it for a while. That's amazing. What about, um, I mean, the supplements are all great. I'm sure there's a ton of our listeners that, uh, judging by our support levels, I would say that there's a ton of our listeners that don't have a lot of money in their pockets. So, I mean, I think the easiest, I mean, it's probably harder to do, but one of the easier things that people can start doing now is maybe removing things. So what in your what in your opinion are some of the uh by the way failed has a man that's crush a, that's on a you. good question um what what in your your opinion are some of the things that people could drop out you know right now or work on dropping out that would see some big results soda is one of the biggest things if you could just go to drinking water preferable Oh, pure water yeah Perfect. what's next what's next <laughs> okay um what was that flask called again i want one flasker flasker i want one of those things <laughs> but um yeah i mean it could reduce uh iron enriched foods for example like iron enriched bread um iron enriched um rice or iron enriched corn uh, you want to get things that are iron enriched because in taking iron in that type of form where it's not heme bounded like it is in uh, like it is in um, meat or phytic acid bounded like it is in plants, when you're taking that unbounded enriched iron, usually ferrous sulfate, you can actually take a magnet to it, you guys. You can take enriched grain and put it in a bag and wet it up and take a magnet and move the iron fillings around. You can draw the iron out. Yeah of the flower. So imagine what that's doing to your gut lining. It's just scratching up against it on a cellular level, just wrecking your gut, causing inflammation. Um, if you do absorb some of that iron, it's going to increase uh, unbounded iron in the body, which is extremely inflammatory. Um, it's going to also uh, feed the microbiome. Bacteria like iron, they need it just like we do. So trying to cut out enriched iron products or enriched products that are rich with folic acid, which a lot of people don't need because folic acid isn't folate. It's bad for the body. The body can't use it properly to methylate. So just cutting out that is something that people can do that would get a big benefit to their health. Right? That's like there. all those breakfast cereals too, right? All those breakfast cereals that say they're, you know, fortified, fortified. fortified or, you know, whatever they're fucking calling it these days. I mean, yep. we don't have any of that in our house, but I'm sure that's almost every cereal, right? That's all of them have that little thing in the corner that say it's got all the essential nutrients crammed in there. Even some of the organics ones sometimes, you got to really watch out and see. I mean, that's the biggest change that I've made to my ch my kids. Because, you know, I, my kids, they, they're they kids, you know. Sometimes that they, they want to eat things that aren't necessarily that I know aren't healthy for them. You know, you got to let your kids be kids too as well. But I try to limit what they eat that's bad, um, you know. And just cutting that out would have a big impact on a lot of people. I mean, the main reason why we have celiac disease uh, a lot of, in the modern world and more numbers than we had before has a lot to do with enrichment of iron and food and glyphosate usage. Both of those combined makes wheat toxic. I mean, for example, we look at France. We, you guys have probably heard of the French paradox. The French eat tons of gluten. They eat a lot of meat and butter. 
They eat a lot of, uh, drink a lot of wine. They eat a lot of cheese. And they have some of the lowest rates of cardiovascular disease and celiac disease in the modern world. <laughs> Based off of everything conventional medicine says, they should have the highest. But what do they not do to their food? They don't enrich it with iron or folic acid. It's natural as much as possible. They don't spray a lot of glyphosate, if any at all, in the wheat. That's what? why they have these lower levels. Wow. Fuck. It's just gross, eh? The, what? So talk a bit more about the glyphosate because... That's coming up a lot lately, and people are saying that, uh, I guess a couple of these TV shows or documentaries are showing that it's not just the GMOs, it's these farmers that supposedly have organic farms or whatever that are spraying their wheat five days before they, they uh, what do you call that again? When you harvest? Wheat, harvest? Before they harvest it. <laughs> when you get your wheat. Yeah, when you get your wheat. So is there, and so glyphosate is a is a chemical that's been found all over the place now. That's right? a Monsanto creation. Yes, it is. Nineteen uh, seventies. That's good old Roundup. Those motherfuckers. Yeah, and uh, it. I, mean, I should it, watch it. Actually, a car did drive through my garage. I should probably not quit bitching about Monsanto yeah, yeah. and vaccines. Yeah, I think this might end up uh, as we all know. Bitching about Monsanto and the vaccines and talking about GSTMAF yogurt will get you assassinated, you know? <laughs> like Dr. Jeff Bradstreet that happened in North Carolina just a little bit back for me when he was found assassinated in his pickup truck. Um, you know, so I mean, yeah, glyphosate. Okay, so do you want to look at it from the gut standpoint or do you want to look at it from the mitochondrial standpoint or do you want to do both? Uh, probably both. both. And from, from the, the conspiratorial standpoint as well. Like how this is okay. fucking still a part of our our world when we've known that it's like an $80 billion company. That's why. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Monsanto, they were usually having, they had ads. I remember look when I did my research on uh, glyphosate, they had ads for glyphosate in the, in the 1990s. That was practically non-toxic that it was safer than table salt. Okay. That I remember uh, when I was doing my research at uh, the uh, attorney general for New York, I think his last name was Faco. Uh, he had to say that um, he had to get those ads removed because they were just so blatantly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would. Would you rather drink a cup of glyphosate or would you rather drink 10 grams of salt diluted in water? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'd probably take my my pick of probably drinking the, the table salt over a period of time and be safer on that than I would the glyphosate, you know. So what? So how does glyphosate work? I mean, it works by. Uh, causing issues with the shikimate pathway. Um, that's why it kills uh, weeds. Weeds need that for growth, but also so do bacteria, fungi, and algae. Okay. So yes, bacteria do use a shikimate pathway. Uh, and so bacteria in our gut, like bifidobacterium and lactobacillus, which are probiotic bacteria, they would be affected by glyphosate uh, ingestion. Now granted, people will say, well, it's only minute amounts that you're ingesting over a period of time. Well, if it's everywhere, if it's in the water, if it's in the food you eat, it could be even in organic food if it's not tested properly from farm runoff from other farms. I've known someone who got sick because they lived near a farm that used glyphosate and the runoff from them made them ill. They had glyphosate exposure. So it starts killing a lot of the probiotic bacteria in the gut over time, and it does kill some of the opportunistic bacteria. It's known to reduce the parasite toxic plasma gondii, for example, which is known to cause schizophrenia and uh, maybe can play a rain rage disorder and borderline personality disorder and stuff like that. But you would, I mean, you don't want to use it for that. You know, you don't want to use it. <laughs> there's many, there's better 
natural and glyphosate is not natural, but there's better, better, better natural antimicrobial agents that you can use to, to reduce uh, dysbiosis. Dysbiosis. You don't need to use glyphosate. You know, so it affects our the microbiome in our gut itself. It also causes issues with the cytochrome P450 pathway, which is the enzymes that our liver uses to detoxify the toxic environment that we live in. So it causes issues with detoxification in mammals. Um, and it affects liver and gallbladder and pancre the pancreas too as well. Uh, and that also um, messes with the enzyme when we're talking about vitamin D, it messes with the enzyme CYP27A, I think, uh, which is identical to the, the vitamin D activated enzyme within our mitochondria. Uh, so it can start causing vitamin D usage issues within our mitochondria itself and can start causing failing mitochondria because of that. It also causes issues with sulfur metabolism by the body, which sulfur is crucial for, hand, for our hair and our nails and the minor amounts of hydrogen sulfide that we need to open up our blood vessels. Um, and it starts depleting glutathione, which the glutathione is the master antioxidant that our liver produces uh, just to detoxify glyphosate and the issues it causes with the liver itself. Jeez. So glyphosate does a lot of bad things to the, to the body. Now, you might ask yourself, well, if we eliminate glyphosate, then our food would be better. And in some ways, yeah, probably. But for example, Chipotle doesn't use glyphosate-grown corn, but they use atrazine-grown corn. Ooh. And atrazine is, quote-unquote, what Alex Jones said, Mac and the frog's gay. That's atrazine. So it's like pick your poison. You know, and, not, and even because something's organic, let's, let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Even because something organic necessarily, for A, doesn't mean it's technically organic. B, it doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you. A lot of the pesticides that are used organic forming are copper-based, for example, which can ca start causing uh, issues with copper balance in the body. And they're natural, but it's still copper, you know? So it, our food is so screwed up. I mean, really, if we're looking at a conspiratorial level, only the elites that have their own foods grown and can afford to have their own grow, food grown in freaking biodome is getting really legit food. The rest of us, we try our best. There's different levels. Mm -hmm. But even if you're eating an all-organic diet, that probably isn't enough. Yeah. <clears throat> Shitty. <Wow. laughs> yeah, it kind of way, to shine, way to shine some light on things there, John. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Um, so when, it's, when someone tells you that glyphosate's not bad for you, they're full of shit. Well, that's because there's been headlines and studies out lately that have said it's, it's not causing cancer and all this, so... Oh, it's been linked to cancer. I'm pretty sure yeah. through everything that it does to the mitochondria, uh, everything it does with decrease of detoxification, just based on that alone, its effects of dysbiosis on the gut, it has to, you're not even looking at its ability to cause cancer, its mutagenic properties. It still has the ability to cause cancer through those mechanisms. And you can't even wash that shit out because it's fucking, you no. know, these days it's growing right into it. It's like applied to the seed. It's got the fucking glypho attached to it. Like fluoride and water, can't get away from it. Yeah. There's no fluoride in Calgary, but there is in Chestermere. Oh, really? You yeah. Got, oh, wow. I got a Berkey though. Huh? What? What's the change? Well, I mean, if you have a Berkey and you don't have any fluoride, oh, you're not in Calgary. But what's the what's the change been like for you guys with the no fluoride? I'm, I've always, I mean, we're 100% everywhere in the U.S. Basically. Uh, what you're 100 fluoride everywhere? No, no, no. There's some there's some cities that don't have fluoride, but it's very rare. It's I probably, mean, it's like it's in the 99. Yeah, it's very high. More kids have cavities. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of cavities, I guess. There's a bunch of people saying we got too many cavities. 
Clean your fucking teeth and quit eating sugar, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. How about that? Take care of your teeth. Yeah, I like to see the research too, because we all know fluoride fluoride decrease uh, bone structure is a crock of crap when you can use vitamin K and it would work just as freaking well as protecting the teeth well, and using fluoride. And not only that, we had, I mean, this was before we got onto the Berkey because we, th- we thought because Calgary was fluoride free that Chestamere would be too. And when we found out it wasn't is kind of when we started filtering it. But I mean, before that, my my oldest was drinking fluorided water, and she still had a ton of cavities because she she wouldn't floss. So you know, it's not it didn't make a difference as far as I'm concerned. Now, since then, she's off the fluoride, but she flosses every night and brushes. And the last couple times she went to the dentist, no cavities. And that's that's one of the biggest uh, things is they say you can't remineralize your teeth. You can't. You can't remineralize your teeth. Oil pulling, proper brushing, and tongue brushing, flossing, uh, getting enough vitamin A and vitamin D, like through cod liver oil, um, making sure you're getting enough vitamin K. All of those, even there's even remineralized toothpaste. All of those can fill in cavities if the cavities aren't deep enough or bad enough. And you can remineralize your teeth. I did it myself. Oh, that's interesting. So what about the, what about that whiten them? Will that get rid of my cigarette stains and stuff that I still got from when I was smoking? <laughs> If you, if you use an activated charcoal toothpaste or a, Ooh, yeah, or a bentonite cool. clay toothpaste, yeah. yeah Ooh, an activated charcoal yeah. one. Where would I, is that like, where do uh, I find Info, Infowars? Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that. The Infowars toothpaste for Alex Jones' CIA father uh, being a dentist of all things, they should know not to put blue dye in the freaking toothpaste and not to put coital silver in the toothpaste, which is too harsh on the, on the microbiome. Should I not mouth. be using that toothpaste? No, I would never oh, touch. Uh, what is it? Called? <laughs> Something blue, uh, true blue, or super I can't blue, remember. super blue. Super maybe? blue. Yeah, I would never touch that. It's got blue dye in it. I don't God. know. I didn't. What do I you thought, use? I use Earth Kids Earth Paste, which is just delimonene, which is orange oil, bentonite clay, and salt. That's all it is. Sounds terrible. Um, there, it, no, actually, it tastes very good. It tastes like lemon. I'd be interested. So in- that- and you should, uh, I wonder if you can get that around here, because we use the Toms is about the best we found. Yeah, but Toms has been bought out now by the big corn. And, oh, and it's it? got, yeah. Yes, it has. And it's got sodium lauryl sulfate in there. So no, you want to order your toothpaste <laughs> on the internet. Dirt makes a good ter- toothpaste, a good bit, bits and I clay uh, toothpaste. My Magic Mud is another good one. Uh, there's there's different, different have, good toothpaste. You're going to have to send us a list of recommendations of these uh, things so that we can put uh, it in the show notes. I was getting ready to go there. On the website, we have a recommended supplements page. I know toothpaste is on there. And we are also getting ready to come out with a fix your gut supplement guide. Oh, nice. Um, for men and women, it's going to be a PDF um, that has all of the supplements that we say are like the core supplements that you just like magnesium and you just can't get. And then it starts with best brand. This is the most expensive usually, but the highest quality all the way down to good enough. That's usually the cheaper stuff for everybody on the budget. Is it Colgate? And, that's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Colgate's not on the list. I'm yeah, assuming. no, Tom Tom nah. started Tom started adding fluoride back in. Now you have to be yes, careful. You can't just buy the Tom's. I know. I actually you have to read the thing to make sure it's My wife and kids free. use the fluoride free and I use the fluorided one. Because I yeah. I know I'm, I'm better at getting it out of my mouth, I know, and honestly it's just like I don't have the greatest teeth. They're st- I just, you know, I can't, I don't want to fuck But they're using take any sodium, <laughs> but they're using sodium fluoride in it. Isn't that Darren, if no, if you got natural <laughs> fluoride from tea, 
maybe <laughs> would help a little bit. And that's the problem when you get over fluoridosis, when you get too much fluoride, it actually makes the teeth weaker uh, over time and it can actually make holes in the teeth. <laughs> so when kids are freaking drinking fluoride water, getting fluoride at school through mouth wishes, and mouthwashes and, and, and using fluoride mouthwash at home and brushing their teeth with fluoride. That's why people get cavities because they use too much fluoride. Now, granted, I don't believe in any fluoride ingestion unless you drink tea for natural ingestion of fluoride. But that being said, I mean, in Europe, they use xylitol. They don't use fluoride. And there's tons of studies of xylitol working better, reducing dysbiotic bacteria, which is the main cause of cavities uh, in the mouth. Uh, I mean, Irish paste also has xylitol in there. I forgot that. Um, but yeah, xylitol works very well. And that's what they use in Europe. They don't use fluoride. Mainly. I bought a little uh, bit, of, bit of a clay thing. It's a essential oils and stuff. And you put a little dab on your toothbrush and you do it. Yep. It's just, it's pretty expensive for this tiny little thing. You put a little bit on and. Well, Jewel in the chat room is saying um, that you can make your own with baking soda, yeah, coconut yeah. oil, an essential oil, and yeah. a capsule of activated charcoal. That is true. I will say that baking soda is a little bit too harsh on the oral microbiome, though. It's a little bit too alkaline. Uh, so you would just add a real little bit. But yeah, you could do it that way. A cap of activated charcoal, a drop of cinnamon oil, or a drop of orange oil, or a drop of peppermint oil, a cap of activated charcoal, or maybe a little bit of bentonite clay, or just or, 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 or coconut oil. All that, you could make your homemade toothpaste yourself. It would be way better than anything you can buy in the store. For sure. And you should be pulling as well? Yes, I do oil pulling every day. I And most people, it depends on the type of oil they use, but the recommended oils are sesame oil, extra virgin olive oil, and coconut oil. Do you have to do it for as long as they say, like 10, 15 20, minutes? 20 to 30 minutes. Ugh. When you spit it out, it's got to be white. And Can also, you if you want to... Huh? Can you eat it? No, no, because no, you're going to swallow, swallow the bacterial. Crap. Oh, because I heard, oh, the <laughs> I heard the thing that if you're like hungry in a pinch, you could just like take a shot of olive oil and that'll like... Oh, that's yeah, fine, can... but not after you've been swishing okay. around your okay. mouth. Okay. No. Your okay. So I can't just like take it in my mouth, head off to work, and like drink it when I get there. No. Because you get all the bacterial toxins. Okay, so a lot of people say it pulls. Okay, that's one myth I want to talk about. They say it pulls toxins out of the bloodstream. Uh, there's no scientific basis on that. But what there is, is is it does reduce bacterial biofilm and dysbiotic bacteria in the mouth, and that would make you healthy. Because we do know that leaky mouth, when the gums get leaky, and or the, or the barrier of the gums get leaky, they open up and you start getting these oral infections. It has been cor strongly correlated with heart disease and strokes and cerebral vascular issues. So you want to make sure you take care of your mouth. Digestion starts in your mouth, people. Wow. It starts there. And then, <laughs> You're not going to make me chew 25 times, are you? Uh, <laughs> yes, it's best for digestion. It's hard. I mean, trust me. I grew up in high school when I'd eat like I was a prisoner and had to scarf down your food in five to ten minutes. So I'm bad at that, too. I'll admit sometimes I eat fast and my wife and my grandfather yell at me. And they know that's one of my causes of my gut issues. But yes, chewing your food. Remember. Human beings don't really digest carbohydrates well, very well. Complex carbohydrates, so let's say. Simple carbohydrates, we can. We require our microbiome and a little bit of amylase that we make from our saliva and our pancreas to digest complex carbohydrates. So you want to make sure if you're eating complex carbohydrates that you want to chew your food very well to get that little bit of amylase mixed in with saliva to help digest it. Oh, that's interesting. So it's not just, not just the size of the food. It's getting that proper mixture in there, too. God, it's so yes. hard though. It's like waiting for the condition. Oh, I to know work in it's the hard. It's you got to be actually mindful when you eat, or like, especially like now when it's like getting around to like not 
fucking freezing cold in the morning and you don't want to wait to warm up anymore, but it's like, yeah. you should still wait a minute or two. Yeah. Like that's a long minute. I think yeah. there's an old Seinfeld bit on that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. What about, what about other ways to detox? Like I, I tried this cyto detox, which is a heavy metal detox. And then also we had a guy on talking about leaky gut and I don't know how that plays into what you guys have done with fix your gut, but he suggested like burning it out with garlic and then replenishing it with rice for, for quite a while. Um, it really depends on the person. Uh, the heavy metal detoxes, they should only be you. I only, okay. So my guru of heavy metal detoxification was a man named Andrew Hall Cutler. Um, and I believe in the Cutler protocol that if you have mercury amalgams in, cause you mentioned amalgams earlier, Graham, um, and you are, you're very high in mercury. You shouldn't really uh, use a lot of mercury chelators or using like EDTA or anything like that because you can redistribute the mercury into your brain or into different organs and you don't really want to do that. Um, so I do believe in heavy metal detoxification. I just think that, first of all, if you have any amalgams, you got to get them out. You got to get them out before you can detox. And then eventually you follow the color protocol later of using DMSA or DMPS and alpha-lipoic acid, ALA, uh, use that to detoxify the mercury out of your body through different rounds of chelation. If you have any what, sorry? Amal mercury like, amalgam, silver I've, amalgams. I've got like fucking old silver fillings still. Like mercury fillings? Yeah. Yeah, I've yes. got, I got those for sure. So he's saying before I do, like I did that little cyto detox, which is supposed to extract the heavy metals and actually expel it. Yeah. Not like some of the natural ones that just like leave the shit in your body. But um, You got to get the fillings but, taken out. Yeah, that... Yeah, and I felt I yeah. actually felt it in my teeth a little bit. So, so. can I just pull the stuff out of the fillings? Yeah, <laughs> I am a fan. <laughs> you, if you really want to try hard enough, you can get a good pair of pliers and yank it out if you want to. But no, you got, I mean with coconut oil. What the fuck? I don't want to no, pull it no, out no, with you, pliers. No, the coconut's not going to get rid of the fucking heavy metals. Please. Now, <laughs> the Cyto Detox uses DMSA, which Cutler talks about, which I, I recommend as oh, a key okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But it should not be done with amalgams in your mouth. Oh, that's shit. the only thing. Because that's a fortune to go get those things taken out. I yeah, think, it's, isn't it's it? a lot of money. Yeah. It is, but it's worth it. And yeah. they should be replaced with ceramic fillings, not yeah. uh, bisphenol A plastic fillings, which will start causing issues with testosterone production and men. Jesus, there's so many you know, fucking things to watch out for. It's like a full-time job watching out for this shit. Uh, well, I'm glad I'm going to get these things out. so much time. <laughs> how am I going to get these fillings out, man? This isn't, I don't think this is an how option. How many do you got? I don't know, you want to count them? I can't see them. There's got to be like six, seven, six, yeah, <laughs> at least. I would monitor your mercury using a hair test and see what level oh. it is. I would avoid the ingestion of cilantro in heavy doses. And I wouldn't use chlorella, which is an algae, a supplemental chlorella. I would avoid that too. I um, use, uh, I, I take uh, like reactin a lot. Oh yeah. You got to deal with your allergies. Yeah. Time. I have like an allergy of thing that I developed. Uh, I don't know. I developed it around the same time I was doing a lot of drinking and drugs. So I don't know if that's related. I always used to joke that it might have been bored out my nose a little too much for my uh, system to handle. <laughs> but it could also be, I've heard that a uh, bunch of different reasons for later life allergies, but it, for me, it was probably, I, I didn't start having to take those pills until I was probably around 26 or 27, at least. Well, let's talk about second generation antihistamines like reactin, which is also known as Zyrtec. 
Um, my biggest problem for you now, Darren, and hopefully cross our fingers and hopefully good vibes that you're not um, one of the lucky people that have this issue. There's something called a histamine rebound effect that happens with long-term uh, antihistamine use, especially second-generation antihistamines. When a person tries to get off of Zyrtec, for example, uh, which you would know in it as reacting, um, you would ha- you would actually start having worse allergy symptoms that he pre- did previously taking the medication, almost to the point where some people were getting severe hives and anaphylactic shock uh, from withdrawing off of it beforehand. It's actually a known medical condition um, that's in medical literature from it. So when we get you off of that, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do some things. Have to monitor you uh, there, Darren. Oh, fuck. Well, maybe uh, I'll have yeah. to sidle up with my wife and start doing some chats with you. Cause it's, she's, you know, she's definitely happy with it so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I myself had allergies. I don't anymore because my immune f- system flipped when I got H. pylori. I went from having histamine to not having enough to being in a state of inflammation. I flipped, and I can tell you that both suck. Um, but, I mean, if, for the amalgams, how you get them out, sadly, it's going to take a lot of money. And to done, do properly, I mean, they got to have a special dam. They got to do something called the SMART protocol, S-M-A-R-T. Uh, the dentist has to protect themselves. They got to pretty much be wearing, like, Shielding to protect themselves from mercury vapors and just, activated charcoal. It's it's what's ridiculous. protecting but, me. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> That's the problem. It's just fucking leaching into your system. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's a hundred percent safe. The the AMA, uh, the AMA, the 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 dental association. They all say it's a hundred percent safe. Uh, Does it cause any suicide rate? But it's a hundred percent safe unless they take it out. Then you need a fucking a suit. You know, a full blown. Fucking suit. Yeah. Oh, it's just unbelievable. What are they, it's, like it's, a thousand bucks a pop? No. It depends on where no, you get them done. No, there's, no, a, I got, there's a guy in Calgary that does it, or like he's a holistic dentist. Biological that, dentist. Yeah, and he does, he does it. I'll, I'll hook you up. Maybe I could do like one a year or something. I know it's best to go in and get them all done right no, away. No, that's what I'm not. Go I on the fucking hate plan. dentists, man. But uh, le- leaky gut does play a role into all of this, and mercury does cause leaky gut. Um. Over time, if it gets into the digestive tract and it, and it can start causing, you know, leaky gut leads to leaky brain, you know, once the gut junction start opening up, uh, which all of us have a certain amount of leaky gut in our modern world. Uh, it's almost impossible not to have it. It's just a degree that you have. It's what matters. And if it starts opening up that blood brain barrier too as well, you, know, you start getting brain fog, fatigue, cognitive issues, which, you know, brain fog. Uh, you start getting all these symptoms and stuff like that, and your health just starts suffering over a time period. So our gut junctions are supposed to, like our, like our blood-brain barrier, are only supposed to let in certain things like nutrients. They're only supposed to open and close. For example, you know, they might open up when you have diarrhea to let more water out to flush out the system, or you know, it's supposed to close to keep certain things out. You know, you like you wouldn't want mercury to get into the bloodstream and stuff like that. But all these issues that you know, if there are of toxin exposure or toxin load or modern diets, you know, all these problems. Uh, that we have to deal with, you know, they're probably a little bit open for most people. And it's and vitamin D and sunlight helps to close them junctions. So that's one thing that people can do to help fix their health is it does been, been proven to help close those junctions back up. Um, and once your gut junctions are open, your brain, blood brain barrier is probably open to some degree too. It's probably porous to some degree. And that's when you start getting, you know, aluminum in the brain, which the amyloid plaques are, have, been, have been associated with pretty much Alzheimer's disease is mitochondrial and brain dysfunction that causes type 3 diabetes where the brain loses its ability to properly use glucose. That's why ketones work so well for Alzheimer's. 
uh, patients. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, it's sad. It really is sad that the toxic world that we live in is the reason why we have these surge of these degenerative conditions. Wow. Jeez. Okay. What's after the fillings or is it just, let's just skip the fillings. For now. I don't want to think about that. Let's go to the, the next thing down the list after we get the fillings out or maybe they're not out. Maybe the fillings um, are still there. That people could just do for their average health or for what? Yeah, the, the things to cut out other than my teeth. And and the food that he talked about already, like the pot, like cutting out all Yeah, that. yeah. Is there anything like, what about the, what about... Um, A large amounts of sugar would probably be beneficial. I mean, GMOs would probably be you know, genetically modified, well, not genetically modified organisms, but genetically modified food, should I say. GMO produced food. Is that um, label still trustworthy? The GMO free one, do you think? Hopefully. <laughs> talk, about, talk about grounding, John. That would be, that's a hopeful one. That yeah, grounding is something people can do. I didn't even think about that, Titus. Um, I love it. You know, grounding with the Schumann residents of the earth to try to heal your body, you know, just going outside and just sticking your feet in the dirt uh, and the soul and just being barefoot is something someone easily can do as long as it's not too cold to improve their health and to reset their, I mean, there's no, even when it's cold, it's okay. Isn't it? I mean, just breathe through. I mean, I, look at the fucking hard, ice man. Yeah, it's harder, <laughs> but I mean, should still be okay. I mean, I think we're, aren't we supposed to get some real extreme heat and cold too? I mean, isn't that a yes. part of this whole thing? I mean, having yes. your body tested through like, you know, like the steam rooms or the uh, ice baths and all that. Unless a person has severe mitochondrial dysfunction or heart issues, yes. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Cold thermogenesis and sweating through steam are both very yeah. important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, grounding is something, you know, to the Schumann residents, I'm pretty sure you've had, I've, I've heard people talking about it, both guests you've had on this show and guests on other show of how important it is to, and also we're electrochemical beings. You know, we have to discharge this electricity that we're exposed to in our modern world. And one of the easiest ways to doing that is, is through, um, is through grounding. I mean, we even know that grounding helps to properly align heart rate variability and heart rhythm and helps to reduce it and make it heart variability more in sync. Wow. They've done studies on that. I mean, it's pretty paramount that grounding is one of the cheapest things people can do uh, to improve their health. You know, I ground a couple of days times myself. And actually, Titus, he always tells this anecdotal study of when I'm not manic and, you know, going crazy with all this knowledge I have in my head, the most calm he ever hears me is when I'm grounding and I'm in sun. Yeah, that's when it's that's when my brain can take a breather. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll be on the phone and John will be just connecting things. I mean, you'll just I'll be like, hey, you're outside, aren't you? And you're grounding and getting sun. He's like, how'd you know? And that'll be what he's doing. And it, you can really tell. And another thing about grounding that a lot of people don't know is you can stand barefoot on concrete if you've got it. If it's too cold. You're still, if, I mean, it's not as good, but it's still a big help. Can it be it uh, laminate? No, no, it has to be. Con- yeah, it had to be concrete. I don't think I. Uh, oh, I could crawl under the stairs. There's some <laughs> concrete there because that's the problem here. Is what about in the? We've got, you know, a foot and a half of snow half the year. Or you can make a grounding mat. Some people. The problem with grounding mats is they can't attract EMF radiation directly to them. So, like, if you live in an apartment, that's probably not a good idea. Um, but I mean, if you lived in your house and you turn off your router and turn off your cell phone and sat on a grant stand on a grounding mat, it could be beneficial. Or you can ground your bed. There's people ways that they stick poles in the earth and have a wire running to their bed. I mean, there's many different ways. You can get a magnetico uh, that would help correct grounding through through magnetic. So like a mag- ma- magnetic mattress pad that you sleep on. I know Jack Cruz is a big fan of it. I wish I could afford a magnetico. They're they're excellent. They're excellent things. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, grounding is something that people can easily do to improve their health. It doesn't cost them anything. It just takes time. Oh, so you could just pound something into the ground and just like hold it in your hand. You would usually run a, wire up, well, run a wire up to the house or something. Yeah, you you must a grounding have, rod. Yeah, grounding. Most people do a grounding rod to a wire. Yes. And grounding rods are cheap. Uh, you can get a big one for like thirty dollars. Put it in the ground. Run a wire to it. If your house, but your house should be grounded. But if it's not, you can even do that. We did that yeah. for my sister because my parents' house isn't grounded. Yeah, I would assume my our house is grounded, but I just mean because uh, like, could you just hold that wire? Does that count as grounding for really in the winter when I can't go outside and stand barefoot? It would work good enough, yes. It would be optimal, but yes, it work. It would do good enough. Okay. But you know, they make cheap bracelets. You remember the uh, bracelets that you had to wear to, for computers so you wouldn't get static? They make the same type of bracelets that you put on that hooks into that wire that goes into your ground, and you're grounded with that. Oh, yeah, wow. like that $15. So you could huh. do it while you're sleeping. Yes. And a lot hopefully of none do. of your neighbors come and fuck with you and hook up a couple of <laughs> a car battery to it or something. <laughs> Let me know yeah, when you I start, Grab. So you guys mentioned toxoplasmosis a couple times, and um, I found that I was thinking one, one day we wanted to do a show on it. We were learning about it, and it's just it's a fascinating thing that people don't even realize how this can play a, a part in everybody's life. And then I thought there was some studies about uh, negative <clears throat> Rh negative blood types in toxo. Have you heard about any of that? Yeah, of them uh, being resistant to uh, yeah. toxoplasmosis, yeah. toxoplasma gondii. Um, uh, it's same as a lot of Rh negative people being resistant to, especially O negative, being resistant to HIV and AIDS, which is caused by uh, a combination of the retrovirus HIV, and it requires usually uh, through the literature that we have uh, the parasite known as Entamoeba hislica uh, to make it active to, to to actually act to cause AIDS. Um, so yeah, I mean toxic plasma gondii. We know it's a we know it's multiple causes. We know it's schizophrenia for years. Um, women have a natural defense to toxic plasma gondii, even though they can't get it because of them needing to have a defense against it because of babies in the womb. Because babies in the womb can become infected with T gondii. That's right. why you don't have your pregnant woman chase a cat box. Yeah, um, that women are less likely to get it, but they still can't get it. So that might be why another reason why men are more predominant to get schizophrenia is because men are more predominant to have T gondii infections and more common or weaker, weaker to T gondii because of our, our less estrogen that we produce to modulate our immune systems. That's why men get sick more often than women. That's why men bitch more often when they get sick. Um, actually, men have a higher tolerance to pain. Uh, but men also have weaker immune systems. We get sick more often and have a more, we have more inflammation when we get sick. So that's why we bitch when we get the flu and women are all like, oh, you know, why are you, you're the flu? Why are you on the couch? You know, when they get sick, you know, they trot through it and pain's a little bit vice versa. Uh, men actually have a higher tolerance to pain due to testosterone. Um, I know it's a myth where they say, you know, women giving birth is the most painful. Uh, well, actually that's kind pain really can't be uh, measured. You know, it can't be quantified in that regard. So some people would actually argue that um, a man passing a kidney stone through a urethra could be just as painful or a ruptured appendix could be just as painful too. Um, but when we talk about T. gondii, like I said, schizophrenia has been implicated in that through research for the past 20 or 30 years. Actually, mainstream research and mainstream medicine is actually now looking at as being one of the primary causes of schizophrenia is T. gondii. Um, it's also a cause of rage disorders. Uh, it appears also could be a cause of borderline personality disorder. If a person has a traumatic experience to their child or multiple traumatic experiences in childhood, it can manifest itself in that. Now, I'm also going to get a little controversial here 
uh, but it also has been linked in some studies to the possible development of gender dysphoria too as well. Well, talk about what it does to, to cats and mice as well. I mean, how it actually goes in there and, and changes the behavior. I mean, that's pretty alarming. I mean, that might be why we have domesticated cats. I mean, it caused the parasite would infect rats and cause them to play dead around cats so they would get eaten by the cats to increase the life cycle of the parasite. So then cats would get it. And then now they're saying that domesticated felines may not may have happened because toxic plasma toxoplasma gondii was looking for another host. So it started making cats more domesticated, more docile around human beings. And we started playing with cats and we started loving cats, not thinking that it was giving us this parasite, that the parasite was driving them to do that. And then we started getting toxic plasma gondii. And now human beings have toxic plasma gondii. A lot of people, in, 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 I mean, it's ubiquitous in nature. And human beings is about upwards I've seen of maybe 60 to even high as 90% of infection rate in humans. Uh, we're the end host, especially in a modern world, first world where we have sewage treatment. You know, it dies with us <laughs> more than likely when it goes down the toilet. But are um, we? So is this something that would be active what in the other time? Like how, planet, can you get then? rid of it? Most of the time it's dormant. It only becomes active generally in a person who has a weakened immune system, which could be due to stress, uh, could be done to drug drug use or anything that would weaken the immune system. You know, high antibiotic use, vaccinations, uh, so forth and so on would, would weaken the immune system over time uh, and it could become active. For example, for it to become schizophrenia, it has to get into the brain. And for it to get into the brain, usually it takes a long time in the opportunity. Uh, it takes the opportunity for the blood-brain barrier to open up for T-Gondii to be able to go in the brain and start proliferating and start causing inflammation and stuff like that. That's why schizophrenia takes so long to develop. That's why kids... And infants generally don't have schizophrenia. When does schizophrenia usually develop? Early adulthood or late adolescence, primarily in men. So there's, and also here's another thing for you. Nicotine is an anti-parasitical drug. Why do schizophrenics mostly smoke cigarettes? Now you could say it's increased dopamine, which is a possibility, or acetylcholine, which is also true, but it could also be because they're trying to self-medicate themselves to reduce their parasite load. Wow. And then how does that play into the gender dysphoria thing? Well, I, want, I was wondering, how do you get rid of it? And if you have cats, is there any point in getting rid of it? Does it just yeah. keep coming back? Well, to. if there's cat, if you have cats, you just want to make sure your immune system is functioning optimally as most you possibly can and, and get uh, make sure that like if you're dealing with really bad allergies or what they call a really bad gut issues, uh, what they call TH2 dominance, where you express more of a TH2 system or a more histamine intolerant system, uh, which usually is triggered by parasites, parasites, yeast, uh, gram-positive histamine-producing uh, and gram-negative histamine-producing bacteria usually trigger a TH2 system. So if you're dealing with those issues or you have a compromised immune system, like your drug, you know, you use like hardcore drugs. I'm not talking about like, I don't consider marijuana to be a drug. You know, I'm talking about if you're like shooting heroin and stuff like that, then yeah, uh, you may be more weak to toxoplasma gondii. Or if you have uh, HIV and intolomibal histica together, you could be. Um, so, I mean, if you're just doing that based off alone, you just want to bolster your immune system. You have an active T gondii uh, because most of the time you're going to keep the parasite intact or your immune system is going to eliminate it on its own. If you have an active overgrowth, then you want to start using antiparasitical drugs like Alinea, or you want to start using a natural protocol using wormwood and black walnut, uh, among other things, to reduce the T gondii that's in your system. Mm. And then what about the gender dysphoria part? It's been linked in some studies uh, coming out of India that they've been tied possibly of uh, one another. as a possibility that can cause a reduction of testosterone and increase of estrogen. Uh, and it's been linked to possibly causing uh, gender dysphoria. 
And is that similar to what the atrazine is is being uh, shown to It'd do? It'd be as very well? similar, yes. Yeah. And, atra- and atrazine's in more stuff than we think, right? Or that yes. we realized. I mean, primarily corn in the United States, but yeah, it could be in the drinking water. Yeah, I mean, it could, yeah, it's definitely animals that are fed. You know, atrazine corn would develop some of the retain some of the atrazine in their fat. You know, so yeah, it's just as bad out there as glyphosate. Yeah. Wow. Alrighty. Well, so you basically just got to fix that gut, and that's your best defense is to get your own sort of gut and immune system in order because you can't really get rid of these things anyway. You you never actually that's the, one of the most common myths too, Darren, that you'd mentioned. Uh, it, well, um, medical convention they say that you can get rid of these organisms, but for example, once you have H. pylori, you can never technically get rid of it. You cannot kill it. All you could do is put the genie back in the bottle, take it, you know, H. pylori and, and make it become probiotic flora by reducing its dysbiotic or its high count and making it actually work for you instead of against you. Now, some of the parasites you can get rid of. You can get rid of T. gondii if you really honestly, you know, tackled it hard more than likely. But a lot of bacteria, you can't. Once you got it, you have it for the rest of your life to, to most degree. Um, it's the same with a lot of viruses. You guys talked about varicella. Varicella is inactivated in the trigeminal nerve uh, and it becomes awoken once a person's immune system uh, declines and starts causing shingles or, or, or it can cause uh, multiple sclerosis-like symptoms. Uh, varicella can. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's certain things that you can get rid of and there's certain things that you, that you more than likely cannot. What about something like MS then? Well, I believe for... that multiple sclerosis is caused by H. pylori, yeah. more than likely. That's yeah. what the studies show. Yeah. Uh, but it could also be triggered by ver- uh, varicella reactivation, too, as well. could trigger MS in combination with any gram-negative bacteria like H. pylori. And then what about like sort of putting that genie back in the bottle with something like that? Uh, I, had a, I had a friend of mine. His uh, significant other had MS-like symptoms. So I got her on a regimen to tackle H. pylori and boost her immune system by getting sun and and by reducing arginine in the diet and increasing lysine, which would help with um, varicella. And uh, she improved. She hasn't had a relapse uh, since then. Her, she's been in remission. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it can be done. I think I'm going to get uh, my girlfriend in touch with you guys and uh, go through the coaching thing and stuff and see what we can do to help. Um, you know, the doctors aren't getting anywhere and it's not getting, you know, it, it kind of seems to get better, but then it, it kind of goes back and forth. And So, yeah, yeah, we'll be in touch for that. Okay. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. And then, uh, yeah, I'm not going to hang up on you guys. Normally I'd hang up, but I think we'll just do a quick outro here. No, we'll do it later on. Okay. Sounds good. So we'll take a quick break. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, let's take 510 and we'll be back on the stream with the second episode. Does that sound good, guys? Sound good. Sounds perfect. Thanks, guys. Thanks. I'm walking gingerly through the rat race Take a look at the big old smile on my face Kicking around down by the pool of narcissists The people are many, they preen themselves Oh, how they navel gaze Somewhere over that hill, the gloomy skies cease to exist I'm climbing that hill I pass by and pity the poor Sisyphus I go into hyperdrive turn into a beam of light I'm strolling down a static electric avenue 
The people are predictable. They say, good morning, how do you do? When out of nowhere, a randomly pure angel in the crosswalk bumps into me. And in doing so, knocks all the evil and all the wind out of me. And it's black as tar, ugly as ever, and of no apology. This angelic mama sings heavenly of the truest theology. Together we're a seraphim dream, forever young with no chronology. A thousand years from now, we'll be written into ancient mythology. We go into hyperdrive and turn into a beam of light. Can you tell me about the view up there? It's sparkling remarkably, the air is crystal clear. Well, please won't you tell me what it takes to transcend this place? A little bit of heart and a whole lot of soul. Take a look at the big old smile on my face. As my angel says, dance with me and your life will never, ever, ever be told. I go into hyperdrive, turn into a beam of light. 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 Blah, blah, blah. 